coming up on Thunder Pop. In the 43rd episode of Thunder Pop, it's also my return to the Thunder Pop Dome. After a little hiatus, it's exciting to be back. After having a new baby, we took a little bit of a maternity leave. And now we're getting back settled into the house. And things have been a little chaotic. It's been kind of a crazy three, four weeks. But we're getting settled back in. This is going to be the first episode since we brought the baby home. Um, as you know, on episode 42, the baby actually appeared at the end of the show. We had a little sound bite of him at the hospital. So we're, we're not bringing people in studio for another, at least another three weeks, like Reed Charles or Feed the Reed. Johnny. Or hey, what's up, everybody? This or any of those people. We're kind of crazy still at the house. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do like bring in guest host via Skype. Um, and we'll try that because we haven't done a lot of that. I've had actual interviews and guests that we interviewed on Skype, but actually having someone that was a full on co host. And I couldn't think of anyone better than to do that. This, that one of our favorite Skype interviews is Matt Wilkins, Jedi Master Matt Wilkins. And he was so gracious to give us his valuable time today and join me as a co-host on this episode of Thunderpop. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me on. Glad to have you. Reed's going to be mad because he doesn't know that I'm doing this this show with you tonight. <laughs> and when he finds out, he's going to be a little bit, I think he's going to be a little bit mad, but he'll understand. Well, I, I can understand. You don't want read around your kid. Ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> yeah. It was a, and see, and Reed, not being the most technological savvy guy, doesn't really know how to work Skype. So that kind of eliminates him as a person to to have on right now via Sorry, Skype. Reed. So we may have to maybe buy a self um, rotary phone. I can I can, if I can figure out a way to plug a rotary phone on. I think he uses a rotary phone. Rotary phone still? Yeah. yeah. He can't do those touchstone phones yet. He hasn't gotten to the touchstone phone yet. So when he we'll, gets the cordless phone. Let me know. Yeah, that's going to be a big milestone. But he'll <laughs> he'll start off with the one uh, that was kind of the 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 '80s looking ones that are really big with the antenna. Yeah. And with the steel antenna. Yes, the steel that uses the, a lightsaber until you broke it and you got a whooping. I'm not talking by personal experience here, am I? Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't hear that. We didn't we didn't hear that. No, but the thing is, uh, I remember when my grandma first got one of those, and you know when they're retired, they were retired, and they quit smoking at one point. Finally, they, after years of being chain smokers, they just quit cold turkey. My grandfather and my grandmother just quit smoking cold turkey, and every year they said all the money that we would have spent on smoking cigarettes, we're going to put in the savings account, and at the end of the year, with whatever money we saved up, that used to be our old tobacco money. We're going to use that on something we just to do for ourselves, whether it be a trip. I mean, one year they built like a bomb shelter with it. Another year they re remodeled. Yeah, they they always had their own. It's just like, we've always wanted a bomb shelter. They went through just a big in case those Russians get us. Yeah, they went through <laughs> a, like in the late eighties. They went through a big Cold War f uh, f freak out. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, you know what? They're not the only ones though. There's a no. lot of people who did that. No, it was the Y two K of the eighties. Yes, yes, the Russians were out to get us. Now yeah. they're just out to rig our elections. But back in the day, boys and girls, they used to be out to nuke us. Yes, it was a much ser more serious, serious thing. <laughs> and, and so, uh, what, what else did they buy? They bought a bomb shelter one year. One year, bomb shelter. But then another year, they got one of those phones that you're talking about with the steel antenna. <laughs> 
Yeah. There was also remodeling the tool shed. They they remodeled the house. They took a trip to Hawaii. So some pretty cool. But then one random year, a bomb shelter. They didn't spend money on their favorite grandson? Uh, well, they always, I mean, they were really good grandparents, actually. They took us out. But for us, it was like, they took us out for ice cream. They took us out for our, you know, to get a soda pop. And you know what? That's all we needed back in the day. I remember I cleaned. We had a toy room in our house, mm-hmm. and it was where we kept It was a playroom, and I would clean up all the toys. It would take me the entire Saturday, but I'd make sure I cleaned everything up, put everything up, and I'd show my mom, and my reward for working all day long when a, was a peanut buster parfait from Dairy Queen. Oh, man. And it was, it was so worth it. That's a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, you know. In fact, you know, we're real lucky. We're well-located here in Austin. We have a Dairy Queen pretty – because there's not a lot of Dairy Queens in the city. All the small towns have a Dairy Queen. DQ. That's what I like about Texas. But we're in the city, so there's literally probably that I know of two Dairy Queens in the whole city. But we really? happen to be in like just two blocks from, from, the, from one of the two. Yeah. Right now, as soon as you get out of the city, every town – whether they're 15 minutes apart or 20 minutes apart, they all have a Dairy, a dairy Queen like clockwork. And I'm yeah, sure it's like that in, dairy, in, in uh, Louisiana, too. I know it is. Not in Louisiana as much. We're just now getting Dairy Queens. We really? got ours last year, mm-hmm. our first. Well, Dairy Queen has come to Monroe and failed three times. Really? <laughs> oh, two times. This is the third time. And uh, so I think this time it's going to stick. I don't know what happened the first two times. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- they opened and then they closed. And the only time we could get it is when we would travel down through Mississippi and, uh, Alabama, which there are much more common there. Mm-hmm. Now there are some in Louisiana, but not as many as, uh, Texas. You're right, man. Driving through Dallas, uh, what was it back in last May? There was a Dairy Queen almost every stop. I mean, you could find a Dairy Queen in the smaller towns. That's weird that Austin only has two. Yeah, we had and we had more, but Austin's got so many different restaurants, and there's, you know, we've got plenty of the other stuff like the McDonald's and the Taco Bells and all those. So I have to ask: when your wife was pregnant, what did she crave? Oh, it's a good question. So there was early on, uh, she one night she had to have, and it's not too outrageous but just for it to be late night she had to have cornflakes and we didn't have cornflakes it's not something i normally kept in the house i mean she wanted cornflakes it was very specific so we i went to the closest grocery store and i did get her the uh, cornflakes you're a good man thank you got those cornflakes but never anything like uh like pickles with chocolate syrup or any of those weird combos you ever hear about well, it's it's weird because I some of them like to eat ice. I know um, my buddy uh, had had to go get his wife Sonic ice by the bags. Whoa! Whenever she's pregnant, because she likes to just crunch on the Sonic ice. Sonic the restaurant, their Sonic, ice the fast food restaurant. I'm their ice specifically. Yes, their ice mm. specifically, and she wanted sweet tea from Captain D's. She wanted burgers from a place called Checkers. And she wanted her fries from Wendy's, I think. And mm. when she gave him that order, I looked at her and I said, no, you pick one place. But he said, yes, honey, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so we went four places for her meal. You know, later, later there was raviolis. Like, but like the Chef Boyardee raviolis, she had to have a can of those. 
those are good. I'll be honest. Every once in a while, I have to have some raviolis. Yeah, uh, I and you're not even pregnant. Funny. <laughs> no, I'm not. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They. Uh. We used to. But my mom used to buy the uh, store brand, the Walmart brand, the mm-hmm. Sam's Choice ravioli. And now my taste buds are used to that. Like I bought Chef Boyardee when I was on my own. I said, oh, I'm gonna get me the nice ravioli. And I was like, this doesn't taste the same. This doesn't taste right. And then I had to go back to uh, eating uh, the Sam's Choice, which I still eat. <laughs> are they pretty close? I, they, they taste great to me. They mm-hmm. taste great to me. But that's what I grew. That's what I grew up uh, eating. Mm-hmm. So Chef Boyardee tastes too. I can't say the word. It's maybe tomatoey or something. I don't know. It doesn't taste right. So you and actually I'm sure it tastes perfect. But I'm just used to the cheap brand. So you like to like sometimes cheaper is better. Sometimes cheaper. In, in the case of uh, ravioli, Sam's Choice wins. Wow. <laughs> we grew up on Sam's Choice cola. I mean, there were six kids. So yeah. Mom and yeah. Dad had to pinch the pennies where they could. So there's Sam's Choice Cola that I don't drink anymore. But, uh, you know, other things I grew out of. But the ravioli, I have to get the Sam's Choice kind because it's the best to me. It's good to know. Now we have a baby. We may be using a Costco or Sam's kind of thing. So I'll, I'll put some in the cart if we're over there. Try, this. So this Try is, the ravioli. This is My, for Matt. Recommendation? Yeah. I recommend the His, ravioli from Walmart listeners. Yes. <laughs> If you want to rec- go out and get your can today, <laughs> a good fine dining recommendation from Matt Wilkins. Some <laughs> Sam's true. Club raviolis. Some Dude, the- there you go, Sam's Sam's Choice. Sam's Choice for dinner. Just it makes sure choice. it's got to be Sam's Choice, not it's just Matt's Choice too. <laughs> it's also Matt Wilkins' choice. Now, speaking of Matt Wilkins' choice, Matt Wilkins chooses to be a excellent, awesome YouTuber. He's got a YouTube channel, and I want to plug that real quick. It's the Expanded Universe, correct? Yeah, it's just my channel called Matt Wilkins. I mean, and I and I go over two things. I do the expanded universe, is what's the biggest one I'm known for. I also review board games, yeah. which I have out of the what two and a half thousand people subscribers I have, a good eighty of them watch. <laughs> but the big one is the uh, the Star Wars expanded universe. I review mm-hmm. the books, the comics, the children's books, the all sorts of short stories that some people never even knew existed. In fact, I. Just recently uh, did a review where I talked about a UK comic book, and I realized my mistake. Now everyone – I just got outbid on eBay by someone else, oh. <laughs> and I lost, the, I lost the book. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have talked to people about that. But now everyone knows it's there, so they're going to get one before I do. Oh, I already man. have a digital copy of it, but I wanted an actual copy, and this, kid, this guy got it. And it was someone who watched my channel. I was like, well, oh, man. at least he got it. And I said, how did you find out about it? He went – you did a review about it, and I went, oh, that's right. I did that review. <laughs> You're like, oh. But that's okay because it's all about fi- – if you love Star Wars, old or new, because to be honest, a lot of these people who watch the new stuff and, and read the new stuff, they want to know more. And there was a whole nother universe, a whole nother storyline, an alternate storyline, if you will, mm-hmm. that's different. If you didn't like Episode 7, you really want to watch my channel. But if, if you said, wow, what would be an alternate storyline? The uh, Lucasfilm came out with this book series they had for years that continued the adventures of Han Solo, Leia, and Luke. And non-spoiler alert, Han doesn't die in the books. I mean, he lives on, but another character does. Yes. So you you, you have this wild uh, – now it's an alternate story that a lot of people are getting interested in now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting more subscribers based off of the new stuff that comes out that mm-hmm. they – 
well, what's, what was the old books like? And then they'll watch my channel. I'm doing it in chronological order, so I'm right before episode four right now at the time of we're recording this podcast. Wow. But, uh, so anything about the prequel books and stuff like that you wanted to know about, you know, check it out. Yeah, it's a great channel. It's a lot of fun. And if you are a hater of, of the new movies, it's a great place for you to go for to be consoled with right. talk of the original Expanded Universe. And now, of course, the Expanded Universe has now been retitled The Legends, correct? It's been titled The Legends Universe. I mean, yeah. I don't exactly know how I feel about that, but that's the, that's their that's their title for it, and that is the that is the proper title. Mm-hmm. It was formerly known as Expanded Universe, which is what I call it at, because I, I knew it as the Expanded Universe for years. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if you if there's something like like you Reed just said, if you had the um, uh, if you didn't like Episode Seven, and you were thinking, well, what else is out there? There were other stories that feel more like Star Wars. I actually had someone who watched Episode Seven hated it, hated it when it came out. He said mm-hmm. it's just dumb. And then talked to me about it. He said, did you see this movie? Because he knew I liked Star Wars. I said, no, I, I wasn't interested. He said, good. You saved your time. It, it wasn't worth anything. I said, have you read the books? He went, what books? And I told him about him. He started reading the books. He went, now this feels like Star Wars. That's what he told me. He said, this wow. feels like the original trilogy. This feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. And he, he became an EU fan immediately. Well, that's a good thing. Is there gonna, There's going to be people that don't like the films. There's going to be people that love the films. There'll be people that are kind of just in the middle, and they're they're willing to just go with the, go with whatever they they're given. If they want anything Star Wars, whether yeah. it's original expanded universe or not, they want anything Star Wars they can get on this big screen. And, yeah, and I don't have anything against anyone who loves the new stuff. That's fine. You can love the new stuff as well, and you can love the old books too. Mm-hmm. We there's lots of people who listen to my channel who love the new yeah. movies, but love reading the old books as well mm-hmm. and so they're on my channel too. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 just welcome for any Star Wars fan, but we're not going to talk about new Star Wars. You're not going and you you haven't even seen the new film. Correct? I never saw episode 7. No, I did not. I didn't see Rogue One either. I'm not going to see episode 8 or any of them. I I just that's for a new generation in my opinion. Yeah. Now you and did see the you did see the prequels, right? I did see the prequels. The George Lucas the prequels. prequels. Yeah. The George Lucas prequels, I, yeah, you know, all right, you know, not the best, uh, but that's because George Lucas, I think, was not a good director. Well, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're lacking. But the books, the novelizations to the movies were actually better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times, the book is usually better than the movie. But in this case, where it was a you know a book from a movie, you usually don't see that. But the the novelizations give a lot more character, a lot more depth, and a lot more. Uh, suspense than the actual movie does and the dialogue is smoothed over a little bit too yeah you know what let me ask you about speaking of, and and then we'll get into uh this episode because this episode is going to be very exciting because speaking of expanded universes in this episode 43 it's when your 80s reboot dreams become reality we're going to talk and this is a two-parter this is part one of part two in the next episode i'll uh, dive into miami vice and I have some Miami Vice experts booked for that show. But in this episode, it's the forthcoming Karate Kid sequel series reboot on YouTube Red that was announced last week. We're going to discuss that. And Matt Wilkins, as it turns out, is a huge Karate Kid fan. So I'm Love very it. excited about that. We're going to talk about a different expanded universe in a different yes. world. But uh, to uh, touch back on something you were just talking about with... Uh, the prequels and George Lucas not being a very good director and all this great creator, 
creator of things, yes. an ex, a master, a, a genius creator of things when he was in his heyday. But talking about the the uh, direct director George Lucas, he directed um, movies before Star Wars, mm-hmm. critically acclaimed movies. Being right. w- one of them being uh, the American Graffiti, correct? Yes. So, yes. What was it? Was he not a good director back then? Or was he maybe not? Maybe he, we thought he was a better director than he really was. What, what do you think? All right. George started to change uh, after the success of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a hungry director. Mm-hmm. He was ready to try new things. And then by the time Jedi had come out, he started playing it safe. Trying to Jedi, his main focus. I actually read a great uh, article in a book called "A Galaxy Far, Far Away" by Sequart. Uh, if you want to look that up, they actually talk about. No, I think it was. Hmm, I think it was a long time ago. Excuse me. The, they're coming out with a trilogy of books. I'm actually uh, doing the third one, helping them out with the third one. But it's a bunch of articles. The first one's about movies. The second one's about comp books, and the third one will be about the books, which of course they asked me to write a piece to it. But uh, in the first one, they talk about the movies, and in Return of the Jedi, they they get uh, interviews from some of the other people who worked, the cast and crew who worked on the movie, mm-hmm. and said that George was really concerned about it making as much money as they could mm. so he could afford to finish Skywalker Ranch. So it wasn't about the love of the film. It was, I need more money to do more of my projects. Mm-hmm. And you think at this point, when the prequels come out, George doesn't need any more money. Well, remember, Star Wars wasn't big. Until, you know, the books came out and kind of revitalized the franchise. So he had money going on, don't don't get me wrong, but there was no Star Wars memorabilia around in 89 or 90, or not that much. Yeah. There wasn't that much. Star Wars wasn't a household name anymore. It had been faded. It kind of died out. It it died out because by then you had already had He-Man and Masters of the Universe. Yes. uh, G.I. Joe that had kind of come in and taken over. And then life was moving on. Yeah. People had the kids that were the fans at the time had started to grow up going through puberty. Yeah. were thinking about girls at this point. Yeah. That's where I was. I know I, I was a yeah. big Star Wars fan, but about that time I moved on to girls. Yeah. Uh, Every, everyone, everyone had moved on at that mm-hmm. point. Then the books kind of brought it back into the public's mind. Mm-hmm. And then he did the re-releases and then he said, okay, I'm going to do the prequels. And by the time he got the prequels, it's like, okay, I still want to make as much money as I can to save up for my retirement. Yeah. Is how I feel it was. Now, yeah. George Lucas is a smart man when it comes to creating stuff. He yeah. still is. He's got a great image, but he needed someone else to take over. Originally, originally, George was going to do episode one, and then I think Steven Spielberg and Ron Howard were going to do two and three. Wow. And then George, you know, because Steven Spielberg is a good friend of George Lucas, he's like, no, George, you should do them all. No, Stephen, he shouldn't because he's not that good anymore. He's been out of the director's chair for years, but he felt like he had to, and he felt like he had to write it. Mm-hmm. Every director will take his ideas and hammer them out into something great. Yeah, George comes up with great ideas, great you know, uh, you know, great scenes, great imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can create stuff. He was everything that was in Star Wars. He came up, you know, he helped design. Yeah, he worked on even the costumes. George had input in the costumes, too. So that kind of stuff, he's a visionary. But at the same time, you need someone who can put all these ideas and make them work. And he didn't because he doesn't know how to direct. He put everything in front of a blue screen. 
which watching those behind the scene DVDs, it's so embarrassing. It's so sad mm-hmm. to oh, see them yeah. in front of a blue screen the entire time because it took away a lot of their actions. And then they didn't know because they weren't getting good direction from George. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor is a fantastic actor. Fabulous. You would not be able to tell that if you watch the prequels. Yeah, it's, He it's, did his best. Yeah. He did fine. But he's done better in other things. Liam Neeson. Fantastic actor, one of my wife's favorite actors. But he was tremendous bland. guy, yeah. Bland in episode one. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman has won awards for her acting. Oscar winner. Yet, yeah, Oscar winner. But yet, she didn't win an Oscar for anything in the prequels. Mm-hmm. And she never would have if that's all she would have done. They would have forgotten about her. And then you have this so, great character, Darth Maul. You have yeah, you have great you have great uh ideas for characters you get great actors and actresses i'll be honest even hayden christensen some people made fun of him but i've seen other movies with him in it uh what was the what was a looper was it what was the one he was jumping jumper mm. jumper yeah it, mm-hmm. tra- transport he was really good in that yeah so you have great actors they just don't have a good if you don't have a good director you're gonna fall flat because you don't know what to do you're, you're sitting in the middle of a blue room yeah <laughs> I mean, George is kind of yelling out to you what's going on, and you're trying to act. And you're good. George says, okay, perfect, cut. And you're like, oh, it must have been perfect. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. And if you don't have a good direct, and that's that's the problem with him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a good vision. He didn't he didn't know how to direct his uh, cast, which was an all-star cast. Yeah. So it's not, not the cast's fault or anything. It's George. If you put a different director in there, he'll massage the script. You have three fantastic films. Keep, keep the overall storyline in it. Just change a few of the scenes, you know, take away some of the CGI, excessive CGI, and um, change up some of the dialogue. And I think you have fantastic movies. So George was a great visionary, have but ever, just as director he wasn't. Have you ever heard the rumor that Steven Spielberg actually came in on the last one on Revenge of the on the uh, Reven, was it Revenge it, of the Sith? Yeah, uh, and he hel- did, and helped out on it. He did the uh, General Grievous Obi Wan scene, mm-hmm. I believe. I think he handled that shoot. I think he did. Yeah. I think that's true because yeah, he and Spielberg are good friends, and Spielberg just – they wanted to get George out. You know that nerdy kid in school that you wanted to go ahead and go for it, ask that girl out? Mm-hmm. You knew he didn't have a chance, but you wanted to give him that encouragement, and who yeah. knows? Maybe he would make himself cool one day. Mm-hmm. But then he goes and he totally just strikes out with that girl, and you're like, dang. you know. Well, at least he tried. I feel that's what Steven Spielberg was like for George Lucas. Uh-huh. He was like, no, George, you direct it. You go. You show good. You go do it. And then, of course, he just went out and that Spielberg would never put out stuff like that. You know, if it was any other director, he would have panned those movies. Yeah. And of course, Steven Spielberg is going to be uh, directing or is directing Ready Player One. Um, yes. Based off of the book. And actually, the have guy, you, have, the author of that book... Lives in my neighborhood, and I've seen him at the grocery store before. Shut up! He drives really? a he drives a DeLorean, a replica of the DeLorean from Back to the Future, around the around the city, around the neighborhood. Now I have. He's got some money. He's got some money. He's you know. He's, well, if he's driving a DeLorean, yeah. Now I've wanted to approach him, but you know I'm getting a little more ballsy about those things nowadays. But I've been doing meditation, and it's starting to make kind of open me up a little bit. And I feel a lot more talkative when I'm out in public with people, where usually you'd be surprised how kind of introverted I can be when I'm out in public compared to the way I am on the show. But 
I, I think next time I see that guy, I'm going to go up and talk to him if I if I do have the luck to see him. But anyway, I'm changing the subject. But yeah, I'm excited about Ready, Ready Player One. Speaking of Spielberg, he's driving. To, I, I got I got to just sidebar this in a minute. All right, you get one classic '80s car in your garage. What's it going to be? Is it <laughs> will it be a DeLorean? Will it be a Lamborghini from uh, Magnum PI? Yeah. Will it be the A Team's van? Will it be Kit from Knight Rider? No. It's the uh, white, going back to my love for Miami Vice, it's the white Lamborghini. Miami Vice. Yes. Yes, the white Lamborghini. That would be cool. That'd be cool. But I I think the runner up would be a a General Lee. Uh, I would have to get a General Lee because my wife would kill me if I picked anything else. But I would probably want a General Lee too because I love Duke's Hazard. You know, for a few days on the way to my gym, there was a. Perfect replica. This was a couple of years ago. Perfect replica of the General Lee parked at the tire shop down the street from our house. And every time I was kind of in a rush, but I wanted to stop and, and look, look at it. And then I was like, man, I, so I took it for granted because I saw it there for like three or four days in a row that it was going to be kind of there all the time. Maybe somebody that worked there drove it. And and then it disappeared all of a sudden one day, and I haven't seen it since. And I'm, now I'm really wishing I had pulled over to take pictures with it, like to get yeah. you know to get in and take a picture with it. Because normally you'd go, you have to go to like a Comic Con to take a picture with the, with you know a replica of, the yeah. gym, of a car like that, and you might have to pay some money to do it. You might not even get to do it for free. So, yeah, usually you do have to pay money. And if the person that owned the car there, they might have even let me sit in it and take picture. I don't know, you know. Takes a couple of cool pictures. I take a picture of that DeLorean next time I see it. Yeah, it's very cool. I have I have gone up close and looked at that uh, when I've been been near it. I've seen it around town a few times. So in this episode of Thunderpop, it's the first part of a two parter with Master Jedi Matt Wilkins. We're going to talk about episode oh, in episode forty three. We're going to talk about when your eighties reboot dreams become a reality, and it's the first part of a two parter in this episode. We're going to cover the new Karate Kid sequel series that was just announced for YouTube Red. And then in the next episode, next week, we're going to talk about the proposed Miami Vice reboot that has been uh, named uh, to to air on NBC. And then, of course, that one has not been officially picked up. Vin Diesel is executive producer of it. He's executive producing it with one of his Fast and the Furious uh, co-producers. Um, and they pitched the idea to NBC, and NBC said, sure. Let's give it a go. So I think that one is going to be more of a pilot. It's going to be shot. They're going to shoot a pilot or they're going to shoot a TV movie, but it hasn't officially been picked up for a whole season or a, or they haven't ordered episodes of it. Where in the case of Karate Kid, where we're going to talk about today, YouTube Red got into a bidding war with other streaming platforms for the rights for this series. It's very exciting. It's going to be already picked. It's already guaranteed a 10-episode uh, run on YouTube Red. So we're going to run the theme music. And then when we come back, wax on, wax off. It's all Karate Kid today with Matt Wilkins and me, myself, Stephen Presley. Yeah, yeah. 
And I feel like I'm doing kind of like some Miyagi chants, like Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> now, you've seen all the Karate Kids. I own them. Even better. So, Karate Kid 2, the much-anticipated, much-beloved sequel to the Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid. Yes. Hard act to follow, too, by the way. Karate Kid, Oscar, uh, Academy Award, um, highly acclaimed, Academy Award winner and Academy Award nominated. I know that Pat Morita won for Best Supporting Actor, I believe, for that film. Yes, he did. Yeah, for, for, best, uh, for best Supporting Actor. So, no lightweight when it comes to cinematic classics, Karate Kid, the original. So, in the 80s, if you make a movie like that, that's a huge success, a big summer blockbuster, critical claim or not, it could even be panned by the critics, but if it, if it becomes a huge hit in the 80s, it's going to probably get a sequel. Yep. And a part two and probably a part three, whether we even asked for it or not. Karate Kid was one of those kind of sequel movies that you would have been a little worried about before it came out, whether they were going to be able to recapture some of that magic from the original film because it was such a well-done movie that are they going to ruin this with Karate Kid 2? So Karate Kid 2, in that scene, uh, at the end of the film, they start using those little things where they put in their hands the you, drum toy whatever the drum it was. toy yeah. thing yeah remember that that was part of karate kid 2 that was something that we got in karate kid 2 that we didn't get in karate kid 1 was a little drum hand kind of chant yeah. things breaking news up in this place abc news courtesy of abc news the karate kid is back Get ready to wax on and wax off again. The Karate Kid is coming back. Ralph Macchio, this is very exciting, will reprise his role as Daniel LaRusso in a series called Cobra Kai. Uh, the series is coming to YouTube Red. ABC News confirmed this last week, along with other news outlets. According to an official press release from YouTube, the series will take place 30 years after the event of All-Valley Karate Tournament. Also returning from 1984 movie is William... Zabka, a.k.a. Cobra Kai bully Johnny Lawrence, who my friend I was talking to the other day said he was absolutely, the, his favorite character from all the Karate Kids was uh, the William Zabka uh, Cobra Kai, bully, Cobra Kai yes. bully. Now, Lawrence is, the character Dan, Lawrence is the character Daniel defeated in the film's climactic karate tournament. Now, you would only not know that if you've been hiding under a rock for the last 30, 30 or 35 years. Now, a down-and-out Johnny Lawrence Zapka seeks redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai Karate Dojo, reigniting his rivalry with a now-successful Daniel LaRusso, yes, Macchio, who has been struggling to maintain balance in his life without the guidance of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi. And, of course, obviously, in the new, uh, with Pat Morita had been being passed away now for a while, and Mr. Miyagi would make sense that he would not be appearing in this Karate Kid um, sequel series. So this this news came up. I immediately had I got on. I was calling friends and emailing when I read this. This article popped up on my Facebook, and you were one of the people at as like, what do you think about this? And you were like, oh, I'm Karate Kid is is one of my favorites. You own the set, the box set. So I send yeah. this link to you. What's your now? Your guy. We were talking about you know being for the Star Wars fandom and having been such a fan of what star wars established as an, ori- as an original expanded universe it was a little it's it's sort of a it's a little different in that karate kid that i'm aware of didn't have this all these books and comic books no not 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 the um 
the extended as as extended of a universe. No. But they did have you know four sequels of the original universe of Karate Kid, and then they made that terrible remake. I guess it's been about six, seven years. They made the remake yeah. with Will Smith's son. And what's also very interesting about this, a lot of people don't know this, but Will Smith's son played the, in the remake, which I stayed away with because, like yourself, I'm a big fan of original EU. So I'm like that with everything, whether it be Ghostbusters, whether it be uh, Karate Kid, whether it yep. be Miami Vice. I, I was a huge Miami Vice fan, but I stayed away from the Miami Vice the reboot. Re, remade, remake movie where they had... So my problem is, is I do not like when they remake something that was already perfect and used they and they, they at that point you're saying we're deleting the original universe and starting mm-hmm. a different starting over again. So it's what what you realize to be the original Daniel Russo is no more that never existed. Now this exists and you just got to deal with it. I'm not a big fan of that. And and we are slowly seeing uh studios light bulbs are flicking on every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You look at uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead series on mm-hmm. stars. Mm-hmm. It is getting swarms of viewers. Yes, it is. Stars saw, saw an Im- a huge influx. There's more people interested in that TV show than there was for the reboot. Okay, movie wow. out. Yeah. And stars re- and, and by the way, I love Ash versus the Evil Dead. Is it the best thing ever? Nope, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a mediocre show. I'll be honest. I, I, I watch it, but it could be a lot better. But why does it work? Why does it work? You hit upon something it there. It works. It works because it continues the story yes. of the movies that made the whole franchise popular. This is the thing. What makes Miami Vice popular? The TV show. Yeah. If you grab people and they make a movie about the TV show, it feels like they're making a movie and they're mocking a movie about the TV show. Because mm-hmm. if you continue a storyline, that's even more interesting to me. Best Star Trek movie, Wrath of Khan. Every Star Trek fan says that. Why? It takes Khan from an episode called The Space Seed yes. from the original series and continued his storyline. Yes. Now, that's something you will never ever see these days but it worked fans loved it still rated the highest movie it, it made tons of money at the box office continuity sales mm-hmm. and with karate kid you you actually shared the information with me too yeah i didn't hear about it and i was like what is this and then i heard yeah you know, first i saw cobra kai oh okay daniel you know uh ralph macchio is going to direct i didn't know i didn't know what anything about it and I read it. I was like, wait, they're going to be in it. Wait, this is a continuation. It's a continuation. That gets me excited. Mm-hmm. It's good. You can build a storyline without having to – they don't have to focus too much on the story. We all know the movies. So yeah. just move on. Just move on with the series. You can pick up pe- new people and old people are going to go back and watch you. Heck, I'm going to have to buy YouTube Red for the first time to see this show. No wonder people fought over this. But I'm hoping this leads to more. Like, like you know, I hope Miami Vice – walks the same path i hope going forward instead of the reboot which is horrible my wife loves dukes of hazard she does not not admit she does not like she hates those reboots the the hates movie them. they made the t- the, yeah, uh, the, the the released in the theater movie with uh the guy from they had a, a jessica simpson playing daisy duke the singer jessica simpson johnny knoxville yeah. uh, the guy from american pie willie willie nelson, willie nelson. yeah yeah and so my wife was like, "Oh, this isn't. It, it, it was just an insult to hardcore fans." Yeah, I stayed away from it. I, I never. I, to this day, I've not seen those movies. 
myself. And let's talk about I, I want to talk about why Karate Kid is so good. Mm-hmm. And if and folks, if you haven't seen the Karate Kid movies, mm-hmm. I think you really should. I think they're really fun. They they do have eighties flair to them. But here's why they're good. These movies hit on every on every cylinder for me as a kid. Because seeing young Daniel, I don't know how old you were, Stephen. I, I was probably 12, 10 when the, when the movie came out. We, we got it on VHS. We watched it at my buddy's birthday party. And then, of course, afterwards, we were all crane kicking in the backyard. You know, I yes. mean, we were just like just enthralled with this movie. This movie has a friendship that builds up between uh, Pat Morita, which honestly hadn't done anything since uh, Happy Days. T- Happy Days, yeah, he was in mm-hmm. Happy Days. He hadn't really done much. His career was kind of, you know, and he wasn't even the edited. original guy they wanted. They're considered for the role. Yeah, they considered two other people mm-hmm. for the role and, and and decided to go with him. He was perfect. He wasn't playing comedic, but he he can be funny. Yeah. But he was a soft, coughed, uh, a calm, soft spoken, wise teacher. But he needs a friend. It's not just Daniel that get, is getting helped out here. Mm-hmm. The movie is so. So smart with character development, and these days we got to feel like everything's got to be action and a good soundtrack, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Everything's got to be action, a good soundtrack. No, nah, man, the first time Daniel meets up with, uh, runs into the Cobra Kai, he gets his behind kicked. I mean, I mean, and by the way, he made running from bullies cool. <laughs> good point. He did. There's a. There's a scene where he he does something and plays a prank on one of the bullies and then runs away and he's he's being chased by them. Man, I just I wish for the day that I would get chased by bullies. I mean, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi teaches Danielson how to uh, do karate, but it's not the regular karate practice you would think. It's doing regular household chores. Now that may sound kind of silly. But that someone thought, you know what, instead of having a training module, we're going to have him do all these things. And eventually that's going to lead to his training and he's going to be halfway there by the time he realizes what's going on. Because when you're first watching it, you don't know what's going on. You think Mr. Miyagi's insane. Yeah. But and it, it was it was just a, it's just a great story. Core values in it. There is classic uh, characters, arcs. Elizabeth Shue, I don't know about you, Stephen, but that was the girl of my dreams. Oh, man, yeah. There has been two movies, and two women in cinematic history who have made my tongue fall out of my mouth and hit the floor. Uh, one was Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. and the second one, I just I just watched it before coming here, The Mask, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a couple of really good ones there. Hello. Yeah, Elizabeth anyway, Shue, yeah, I, I had some... Um, Nights, I uh, stayed up kind of awake for a while because yeah. of her. I know she was she was something, but she's she's heartfelt. She yeah. is she is what we talk about a little bit on my podcast. We talk about she's like the perfect girlfriend. You mm-hmm. know, she's sweet. She's nice. She doesn't have to be nowadays. Every girl has to be wisecracking, ball busting. You know, tough as nails. It's okay to be tough as nails, but you can have a sweet, sensitive side to you. And just, just happy. Mm-hmm. Just, and that's who she was. And that's what Daniel needed, that little balance in there. Because mm-hmm. he, was, he was the one that was kind of frazzled. You know, kind of ups- he, he ran with, with his emotions on his sleeve. I mean, folks, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, honestly, you got to see this. You talk about people who love cinematography. They love mm-hmm. looking at films. You'll love this film. There's, there's scenes on the beach that are beautiful. 
But there's also a scene that's so smart. I don't know if you remember this. It's where he and Elizabeth Shue are sitting in a diner. Mm-hmm. And, in, and you can watch the scene at the diner. But if you look out the window, there is a whole nother scene going on where the Cobra Kai are exiting. Yes. Their, their I remember, remember this. That detail was so right on. And what are they? You, go ahead. Tell them. What do they do? Well, they, no, they come out. They yeah. look. They're talking. There's a background scene going on mm-hmm. outside. Like it's they can't have the director telling them what to do. Yeah, they're well, the director gave them some. Uh, I'm sure gave them some notes. They walk down. One of them sees Daniel talking. Yes. this is all happening in the background during a scene. Mm-hmm. This is not the focus of the scene. But if you look out the window, he runs back, tells Johnny. Then they all run and see him. Then they all get a plan to jump him later on. It comes back into the movie, the next scene. There's layers there. Because you're saying, wait a minute, how did the Cobra Kai find him? You know, because he's trying to go home. Yes. And Cobra Kai run him down. You're like, well, how did they know where he's going to be? Because they were in the background of that scene. And if you're watching out the window, you get to see. And it ties into the movie. How smart is that? Mm -hmm. Very thought out. Very well thought out. There's nothing. I mean, and, and talk about soundtracks. Cruel Cruel Summer, which wasn't on the soundtrack, was actually a really good song. It does not come on the soundtrack. It's in the the film, but it didn't make it onto the soundtrack. It's in the film, and it's fantastic. Wow, I did not know that. And and you're the best, of course, is is you know the tournament song. Yeah. Which honestly, do you know the director John D. Uh, John G. Uh, Alvison. Yeah, Alvison. Yeah, Alvison. Mm-hmm. He directed Rocky. Yes, and you because you can see sort of that kind of the they're they're cousins. You know these movies, the Karate Kid yes. and, and the Rocky films. There's a lot of similarities. And you're uh, you're the best was originally considered for Rocky Three soundtrack. Yes, it was. But they ended up no. passing on it, and what were they? What did they end up taking instead? Uh, Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Sly, Sly Stallone did not like "You're the Best." Uh, he liked "Eye of the Tiger," and he didn't like that. So John used it for this film, and you know what? Perfect, perfect. Oh man, That's... you're the best around. I love, I love, love, love that one. And honestly, you talked about two. The opening scene of two was mm-hmm. actually the alternate ending to one. The opening scene to two was originally was going to be the alternate ending to one. Yes, did where, not know where that. They come out at, two begins where one ends. That's right. Where they they're, they, they t- where they're leaving the tournament. And, and the Rocky movies kind of did that too. In a lot of the Rocky yes. movies, where where they so it sort of was adapted into both uh, both series. But in the rock, like I remember Rocky three and four spill right into each other, and then four spilt right into five. Yes, mm-hmm. and they used to do that. Yeah, and so you're like, oh wow, they filmed this because they filmed the scenes back to yeah. back and use them later. Now they didn't know they're going to film a two at the time mm-hmm. when they filmed it. They just thought yeah. it'd be a nice alternate ending. But they opened up the scene with that two. I didn't like as a kid, Stephen. I'll be honest with you, I really? didn't like it. I didn't like when I first saw it. I was super excited. By the way, I was super pumped to see the sequel. Yeah, you were excited like, that there Man. was a sequel, but then you didn't like it. I didn't like it because I I wanted more of the same. Now I was a little kid okay. back then. Gotcha. But I wanted to see more karate tournaments. I wanted to see more Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. And I did not want to see Okinawa. Yeah. Watching them again, boy, was I wrong. That is a that is a much better film. It's 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 uh, that, that 
bravo for an 80s movie not to fall into the pitfalls that a lot of sequels do. Where it's just, just a retread. It's just a retread. And that's how 80s movies were. Sequels were mm-hmm. retreads. Yeah, they would just be almost an exact duplicate yes. of the first movie. Like just the, different the, bad guys. The same thing different bad guys. happens yeah. again, really? The exact same thing with the same characters? That's exactly. as, as originally as you can get? I can think of a ton of movies where that happened. Yeah, but it doesn't happen in two. They went out mm-hmm. of their way, did something different, mm-hmm. got some beautiful shots of Okinawa. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and came up with a unique, different story. Yeah. And and I, I watching it a second time, I was like, oh, I appreciate this movie a lot more. Bravo for what it did. Mm-hmm. So you got two pretty good movies, and then you got three. Now, here's and- before we get – okay, before we go into it, hear what you have to say about three – Oh, go three, ahead. You got something to say. Go three, ahead. ironically, kind of ties to one more than two does because it brings yes, it back does. the Cobra Kai lineage. Yes, it does. Yeah, and then what? Where? Whatever happened to the Cobra Paul Kai? Rose player. Yeah, yeah, those players. Okay, go ahead on three. No, you're you're right on that. And, uh-huh. and by the way, when I saw three as a kid, I thought it was the best one ever. <laughs> so you liked you liked three more than uh, two and maybe one. At when the time, when you were young. a kid, when you were a kid, when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. Now that I am older, I love three for a different reason. Okay, yeah. Um, but three, I just was like, as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh! I remember I was at my grandmother's uh, grandparents' house, mm-hmm. and I wanted to rent that. We rented it, and I was just blown away. I thought it was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It is the it is the weakest of the trilogy because it it does fall, it does retread a little bit, and it goes over. It almost jumps a shark a little bit because some of the acting is the villain does his villain laugh in the steam room. Yes, the guy in the ponytail. Yeah, the pony. He has a ponytail, too, because it's late 80s. Yeah. And he's maniacally laughing to himself in the steam room. And this big plan they have to ruin Daniel LaRusso is like you're going through a lot of trouble to ruin (laughs) one little kid's life. It doesn't seem plausible that that they that these kids threaten to cut the rope that is holding Daniel and his girlfriend over a cliff if he doesn't sign the contract yeah. to go back into the tournament. Like, I would sign the contract, have them pull me out, and then call the cops on him and not show up to the tournament. Yes. But Daniel, Daniel, for some reason, has to show up to the tournament. Yeah. Folks, if you're going to watch the trilogy, watch three with some rose-colored 80s glasses, 3D glasses. Yeah. Uh, because there is a lot of bad tropes in it. However, that being said, Mr. Miyagi has a fight scene in it mm-hmm. that is honestly one of the best out of the trilogy. Yeah, I agree with that. I know the fight scene you're talking about and probably one of the best scenes of the trilogy. That, it, I, that, I would agree with that. That fight so, scene. Danny, Danny, Danny. From the moment you met me, I've been making you do things you didn't want to do. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? Yeah, what? Let's show them what I'm talking about. Nobody's talking about shit, Ed. You guys are crazy. Either you fight one fight on one day, or you fight every day for the you rest of sick. your life. What's it going to be, Danny boy? It's going to be. I'm not going to be there. So just forget about it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's show Mr. Crease how he's going to get his business back. Hey, I'm not going to fight. You can't make me fight. You don't have to. You can just stand there and let him kick your ass. <laughs> Yeah! 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 Do the crane, Danny boy. You're doing this to yourself, man. 
I do love that they brought the Cobra Kai back. I do like they brought the old villain from the first movie back. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of what they did with three, but now that I'm older, it 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 does have a burnt taste of bad eighties in there. Yeah, don't let that dis- steal you from watching it because I think even if if you love classic eighties stuff, it's going to have some classic eighties tropes in there, but it does have some gold in there too. Did uh, did Alvinson do all three, or did he just do the first two? I'm sorry. Uh, ooh. That's a good question. Did he do three? I'd be that curious. That would make a big deal. Yeah, it would make a big difference. That could make a huge difference in the execution of the film uh, from, from the first two to what they end up with three in three. Yes, it was. It was him? It was. Yes, it was directed by him. So he did three, two. Okay. Yeah. It's quite possible by the time he got to three, he was kind of over the whole thing and wanted <laughs> to move on to some other stories by, and by properties. That time, Probably. Yeah, but he may, maybe he had been under a contract, or an, maybe he was paid a lot of money to do one more with the cast. Um, so, not a part of the Daniel LaRusso story, but still part of the same universe, is the next Karate Kid, which is a true. It is a real. You, it is a real sequel in that it, it is, is part of. The, it is part of the original EU Karate Kid, whether we like it or not. It's your drunk uncle that embarrasses you at a Christmas party. That's what the next Karate Kid is. <laughs> now, this came out several several years later. It was by this time we're in the nineties. It was it was an early nineties movie with Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, and I'll tell you what: whether you hate or you hate the next Karate Kid, or you really hate the next Karate Kid, the one thing you have to give the next Karate Kid credit for is that it discovered Hillary Swank, and we would have never gotten to these other great movies that Hilary Swank went on to do had it not been for maybe for the next karate kid, maybe. So I'll give it a nod on that. I wish they would have called it something else. I mean, to be honest, Mr. Miyagi, I love seeing him in it. And that's what brought me to see that. Yeah. I do not own that movie on yeah. purpose. Is it I, even? Yeah, I don't even know if they put it in box. I think they did it, one time put it did. in a box they set. They did. They did. Yeah. They did have it in a box set, but I got the I got the box set without it. Yeah. Uh-huh. On purpose because. Folks, don't watch for, just don't do it. I mean, it, it feels like they. It, it's when you wear out your welcome. It is the last they, appearance of Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi on the big screen. That's another and, and I, reason to see it if you got to see it. If you're a Karate Kid fan, you want to see Mr. Miyagi one final time. But to me, it's like we we stayed open a little bit longer than we should have. Three should have been <laughs> sent off. Now, to be honest, uh, I, I remember uh, Ralph Macchio was saying that he had been approached several times to come back and redo, yes. you know, be a part of Karate Kid. But because Pat passed away, he felt like, no, you can't have Karate Kid without Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. And I, I, I respect that. I respect that. But I politely disagree mm. because what you have with Cobra Kai is they're giving Daniel. We want to see Daniel's life, too. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi with Mr. Miyagi gone. That acts adds some extra intrigue into the story. 
Like Daniel doesn't have someone to go to. Remember, he didn't have a father figure. Mr. Miyagi was his father figure. So to have Daniel maybe think back on those and maybe I'd love to hear quotes. I don't know if they can do that, but if they get the rights to the movies, maybe they can hear, hear some quotes of Mr. Miyagi speaking to him mm-hmm. or something. I would have liked to see what how it impacts Daniel years later. I think there's a lot to be told there. I, I love uh, William uh, – is it Zabaka? Zabka. Yeah, William Z- Zabka. Zabka. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. So to bring him back in is a good idea. To bring this you know, together and to keep it within the movies because that's where your focus is going to be. You get that reboot with – you know, and I love Jackie Chan, but – no, no, don't do the reboot. Don't ever do a reboot, folks. That, now this is what's interesting, and this could open up a lot of new worlds of promising, uh, promising things in the future for us '80s kids. So yes. Here now, this is why I'll tell you why. Because we had with Karate Kid, we had the original trilogy. Then we had a what is part of the original uh, expanded universe of the Karate Kid. The next Karate Kid, whether you you know hated or hated, it was still part of that that lineage. And then, mm-hmm. years later, they reboot with a remake, or they attempt to reboot. It didn't really go beyond a for one movie, a standalone. But they they did a remake, and they made the same like we were t- you were talking about earlier. They did the same sin as the Dukes of Hazard, and yeah. kind of a little different with the Star Wars thing. But it is breaking from the original uni- expanded universe. But it is a true sequel in the cinema world. But you have uh, Ghostbusters remake they did after doing two sequels or after doing one sequel and for years trying to get bill murray to come back and do it do another one they they finally go ahead and decide to do a remake which is not a part of the original ghostbusters universe that movie didn't do what they were hoping it was going to do okay and i've 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 been on my soapbox many times about that same topic so karate kid doing the same thing following the same uh um sin as the dukes of hazard and as um Miami Vice, same thing. The original mm-hmm. producer of Miami Vice, Michael Mann, produced a remake movie with different actors playing Sonny Crockett and Tubbs. So, but here's this is what's interesting. Of all those that I mentioned, the Ghostbusters, the Miami Vice, and uh, the other one, um, the Karate Kid now is going to do something that none of those of others have done. After having made a remake, they're going to go back to the original universe and make a continuation of that. That, to me, is very interesting and exciting. And if that succeeds, if that's a hit, that could be the thing that sets us off into maybe uh, the future of uh, where we may still could still get true sequels even after a remake was made. We could still get true sequels of, origin, of the original universe. And say, and, and no take backs? No, maybe we could have take backs. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's a great idea, and I think that's something that I I hope I hope it comes out of because nostalgia sales, and I it's it's, it's mind boggling that studios don't see that. Well, mm-hmm. not really as many mistakes as they make, but they don't understand fans. If you give the fans what they want, you give them a Wrath of Khan, you give them Ash versus the Evil Dead, another one mediocre TV show that gets high ratings because mm-hmm. everyone watches it. They want to see a continuation. You, you're speaking to the fans more than a reboot. A reboot says, we don't really care about you fans. We want to do our own thing. We think we can do better. No, the reason Lightning came in that bottle was because all the characters, the story, and the actors who portrayed them. The only way you're going to recapture that, and it may not hit its glory days, 
but I'm super interested in Cobra Kai. I think it'll be fun. Uh, regardless, I think I'm going to enjoy it because I would love to go back into that world. And it's, it is, it is in a way, if you think about it, this is time traveling from you and me. Mm-hmm. To see our favorite characters come back years later, now we're older too, that appeals to us. Mm-hmm. Kids, if I had kids old enough to watch it, we'd watch it together. We'd watch the movies together and then watch the TV show together. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a family bonding thing. This bridges gaps between generations. When you do something like this and continue a storyline, not only do you retain the old fans, yeah. but you get them to bring their children in, and that's how you get new fans. It's perfect. Just continue. How, what, look what they do to Doctor Who. They just switch out the actor. They keep the storyline. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's rocket science. So I really hope good things happen with this. Now, just sidebar, you know, on Karate Kid, yeah. they made a cartoon series back in 89. Do you remember that? No, I think, well, I vaguely, vaguely now you mention it. Where where he and uh, Mr. Miyagi were searching after some magic shrine that got stolen in Okinawa. Uh, I think yes. this, I think it happened. I don't know. I'm not, mm. I'm not the expert in Expanded Universe Karate Kid. This happened while they were still in uh, after the second movie. I think it happened after the events of the second movie, yeah. and then they tore, they went around the world trying to get back the shrine and replace it to Okinawa. Did they get it back? I don't remember. I think it only went one season. Mm-hmm. But I used to watch it when it came out. It also had a video game that we used to play back in the day too. I do remember the video game? Would you consider yeah. that? With the, is, you think the cartoon was a actual, real like try to connect with the movie's continuation in some respects? I, all I remember is it jumped off the shoulders of the second movie. Yeah. But that part and, alone, you got to give him a kind of a nod. Yeah, and it for came out. It that. came out the same year as the third movie, but I don't mm-hmm. think it connected to the third movie because they were still going around the world. But I remember they were in mm-hmm. Okinawa at, at first, and then they had to find the the idol. I, I, I honestly, uh, Stephen, this is embarrassing. I, I don't care. I, I actually remember. Do you remember they used to do a lineup uh, preview show on NBC, ABC? Yes, where they they tell you and. To be honest, I remember when Karate Kid was first introduced because that was also when uh, Saved by the Bell debuted in 89. And the Saved by the Bell kids had this adventure where they were looking at different items and they found the next cartoon on the NBC lineup. Uh, Oh, yeah. And they came across the shrine and they opened it up and then the preview for the cartoon played. And then at the end, they they get back to their school. They find their school. They get back into their school in time. And the lady goes, hmm, you guys are saved by the bell. And they go, hey, we're up at 1130 right here on NBC or 1030 NBC. Don't miss us. <laughs> I used I to like, love those, yes. those preview and shows. I used to those watch those. preview shows. I, I used, used to, to like the extended the extended video, music video, too, that would be kind of an anthem for the for the television network. That They don't have that anymore, but it would be like everybody from every show kind of singing a, 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 car- a carol yeah. together, like a choir. Yes. And you're like, what does this mean? But it got it got you excited because yeah. that's the new lineup coming out. You can be anything you want to be there. You can see anything you want to see there. There's excitement in the air for you and me there. You'll feel free there. You can NBC there, but you've got to be there. I actually been reading some old comic books from the 80s, and they actually put... ABC, NBC, CBS's cartoon lineup. Don't miss it. And it showed all the cartoons waving at you and, you know, doing a little bubble talk to mm-hmm. you. And I was like, I miss that. Yeah. But uh, sorry, I had to get off the topic because we were talking. It's, it's Karate Kid. It's still so it Karate, Karate Kid. Kid cartoon. 
It is Karate Kid. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look for that. See if I can find that. that that's a because I never. I remember now you mentioned it, but I never really got to see any of those. But of course, back then they would do any again any successful movie in the '80s probably would get a cartoon off of it. Yeah, and live action TV show for that matter. They were, at one point I remember there being a, a both a Happy Days and a Laverne and Shirley cartoon. And you know, I'm sure about the Dukes of Hazard cartoon, which I did watch the Dukes of Hazard cartoon. I got it for my wife for Christmas one year. Hanna-Barbera yeah. brought it out on DVD and we have it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it follows the TV show, which at the time had Coy and Vance. So yes. Coy and Vance are actually in the cartoon. And then at the same time when the Dukes took over, they took over Coy and Vance. So they had, it's, they, they switched the cartoon. So the cartoon also switched to Coy and Vance. I think it did switch to Coy and Vance for a wow. short time. I know it was crazy. I have a, Dukes- they had to, they had to remove them from all Dukes of Hazard stuff. Right. They were out of contract. Now. Make, it makes sense. Yeah. They so, do have to switch them on the cartoon too. Inter- and, and, and yeah, it, it was so, I don't know. It just was so smart movie. The movies are smart. Uh, this reboot, uh, not reboot. This TV show they have is going to be great. Um, I, I just, I'm just going to go ahead and call it. It's going to be a great TV show. YouTube Red, the, the Amazon bid for this, Hulu bid for this, Netflix wanted this, and now I hope that now they all that those three people missed it because reportedly they were all in the lineup. They were all bidding for it, correct? Yeah, it was Netflix was in it, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Everybody was taking, taking, trying. That's. Um, Pretty exciting to hear that. Now, I still have a problem with the name YouTube Red. It sounds a little bit like a porn site when you when you <laughs> say YouTube Red, but the Red District. Yes, but beyond that, okay. I'm like you. I'm actually going to have to sign up for some uh, YouTube subscription just for this show for this one reason. I will say, kind of cool thing though about you if you sign up and get the. Uh, the porn site, YouTube Red. If you sign up for YouTube Red, you get rid of all the commercials. So anytime you dial up a video, like yourself on your channel, on uh, Matt Wilkins' channel, you don't have to watch those silly commercials that you get to skip yep. after so many seconds. No interruption commercials. And also, you can then navigate uh, to other apps while you're listening to the audio on your phone. So if I just if I feel like I need to multitask and I just want to listen to the Matt Wilkins channel and not watch it, um, don't have to see, don't have to look at you while we hear you. I can go and, and do other stuff on other apps. I can go look at my Facebook and while, yeah. if you have the the free version of YouTube, you can't do that. It shuts off when you try to oh. switch back and forth. I did not know that. So That's there, interesting. There's some other benefits to getting it other than the, the well, forthcoming show. Well, I hope that those those Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix that missed out on this, I hope they're now actively looking for more movies that they can turn into a TV show and bring back those actors. Yeah, they're sitting around going to comic cons right now, folks. They got nothing else to do. <laughs> bring them seriously. Bring yeah. them back in. Yeah, give them give them a good idea for a show and pitch it to them and make it happen because we see it already on Ash uh, versus the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. We're gonna YouTube Red is gonna climb when they see Cobra Kai. It's gonna be their highest rated TV show. Guarantee it. It will be their highest rated show. It will be their highest rated show on YouTube Red. Mm -hmm. And then other executives are gonna look around and go, okay, what else is out there? Yeah. And in the next part of this this series, I'm doing the part two of this this episode, and we go talk about Miami Vice. Um, That's a show that's been announced. That's in development now for NBC. But they they didn't really officially say whether it's going to be a remake or a sequel series. And so I've started kind of an online campaign with some other people 
to push Vin Diesel, who's executive producing it, to do it the right way this time, like they're doing with Karate Kid, and make it a sequel series. I even had the hashtag, uh, uh, re- sequel series, not remake, I think was the hashtag that I created for it. But go to the Thunderpop uh, Twitter and like it, share it, uh, send it to Vin Diesel. Uh, in the next episode, though, I'm going to have these TV writers, these two TV bloggers that did a pitch for their idea for a sequel series to Miami Vice back in 2015, and it is brilliant. They, the two of them worked in a coffee shop for hours, and they knew about all of the history of Miami Vice and who died and who was related to each other, who had connections with, with, with this character, who was the main cartel, and they came up with a storyline that connects to the original Miami Vice. It's brilliant. So I'm hoping that, that Vin Diesel, if you're listening... Next episode, episode, uh, in the next episode, uh, 40, whatever it is, we're going to talk about that. I'm losing track now. Uh, but this, so I'm going to go ahead and play, uh, devil's advocate a little bit on the Karate Kid thing. So we talked about all the, how exciting possibilities of that. And we've got the original Ralph Macchio as Daniel Russo and William Zabka coming back as the Cobra Kai character. Now, those two, I read also that they've been they've stayed friends over the years. They've been yes. continuing their friendship, and they do a lot. You're talking about going to Comic-Cons. They've, they've been continuing to make appearances together at Comic-Cons. Our very own Reed Charles Feed the Reed. Was, was down at one of the uh, comic conventions several months ago down in South Texas. And uh, those guys, those gentlemen were there at that uh, at that Comic-Con months ago. He said, yeah, the Karate Kid was there, and so was the uh, the Blonde Bully. He didn't know his name. He just called him the Blonde Bully. But yeah, he, they said those two guys were there. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. I would have loved to have gotten a picture with the two of them. And, and I'm sure they were a huge attraction. He said they had some of the longest lines of anybody at the uh, convention. And they had some pretty heavy hitters. They still, they still were drawing oh, yeah. some of the biggest crowds. I, but, I actually have. A Ralph Macchio autograph because I got to meet him. Oh, I, I, I meant cons. to ask you that. Yeah, and I, at one of the comic cons, he was there, and I had I had to go see him. And I said, "Look, I know you hear this all the time, but you were my I, you were the person I wanted to be. I mean, I, I, back then I thought he was a grown up teenager because he could drive. Mm-hmm. But watching the movie now, I'm like, dude, is that kid even 14? Is he legal to drive? What's going uh-huh. on? He looks so tiny, but back when I first saw it, I was like, wow, he's a cool kid. And he was a cool kid. I, I said, I looked up to you so much. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. He was really nice, super nice yeah, guy. Yeah, he seems like a pretty nice guy. So to play devil's advocate, we're going to talk about eh, if there's any potential negatives that could, that could come out of this, like in terms of the, the content of the show. I'm reading that they're going to be having uh, – so some of the people working on the, the project and developing it, Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg – will write the series. Now, Hild, or Hild, is the man behind hits like Hot Tub Time Machine, and then Hertzwick and Schlossberg are known for Hild and Kumar. So we're talking about some pretty, I don't know if you ever saw Hot Tub, top, hot tub Time Machine. William Zabka actually appears in that movie, uh, and it. they make fun of it. Fun, hilarious movie. Great, the first Hot Tub Time Machine. Great movie. Harold and Kumar, of course, classic comedy movie as well. But, those are pretty like pretty much comedy to the core, both of those movies. And with Karate Kid, I would have considered it more of a dramedy, would you say? Yeah. So uh, does, it, does that worry you a little bit, that those are the people behind the – are they going to make it too silly? Well, I think there is going to be humor, 
because I think you're going to need some humor. I think you need some some touch points, you know, some sad points. Maybe he visits Miyagi's grave. But I also think Hot Tub Time Machine, those people just have a love for the 80s. Yeah. So to actually continue something, I, I would hope that they would give it justice. Mm-hmm. Like not make it a farce. Mm-hmm. Because I would be upset. I will be honest, Stephen. I will be upset if it's just one joke after the other. What are you going to do? Crane kick me? You know, I, I hope it's not dumb. Mm-hmm. But I, I trust that these people have a respect for the films. And they want to make, of course, you want to make it funny a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But you also want to make it heartfelt, just like the movies. Yeah. You know, because it wasn't, Karate Kid had its comedic moments. It did. But it was about the relationship between Daniel and Miyagi. All three of them were. Yeah. And how they grew together. Because Miyagi opens up his life. I, I forgot to give the story arc. Mi- Daniel kind of confides in Miyagi, mm-hmm. in Miyagi and Daniel. Well, then we find out more about Miyagi's uh, past in two, which is another reason why two is so good. Mm-hmm. And then in three, we continue. We have Daniel really struggling and really spiraling out of control. Yeah. And, and Mr. He was, Miyagi. He was an asshole in three. Yeah, no, he was. No, he was, definitely. And then we have Miyagi, who made the wrong decision as a as a as a quote unquote parent. Yeah. And realizes that. You know, and so he has to he has to do some apology apologies too. It's beautiful, their relationship. And that's what kind of weighted weight weighted the entire trilogy to to be a it's not a farce, it wasn't a comedy. Um it was actually really good and I I hope they capture what those films were about. I don't mind a little comedy. I don't mind the we're too old for this joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see something, you know, that has a little bit of, um, you know, drama in it, a little bit of, you know, rivalry. But, you know, Johnny says at the end, you're all right, LaRusso, you know, pats him on the back. Did he did he forgive him? Is, is Johnny mm-hmm. not that bad a character? It, yeah. it does does his dojo hate Daniel? Does he not like? Does I mean I'd like to see some a, some special conflict. What if it was his kids that didn't like Daniel Larusso? Yeah. May, but Johnny's fine with it, and Johnny just wants a friendly competition, and it gets out of hand. Maybe I don't know something like that. I, I, the anti-villain, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of possibility. You're two guys who who are writing for Miami Vice. They don't happen to write for Karate Kid, do they? Huh. I know. They, maybe, that's maybe pretty, they could give me a season two. That would be awesome. They had some pretty good ideas. I, I, maybe they could lend a hand on that. I have a feeling but they I, could. I hope. I hope. It's my hope that they would do it justice and not make it stupid. Because I would be disappointed if it was just a, a comedy straight up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I well, think the fans would be. Yeah. What I've read, too, is that they're going to make uh, the two of them this time, since they're calling the show Cobra Kai, they're not calling it Karate Kid, they're not calling it, you know, something along those lines, like Daniel LaRusso show, but it's going to be, they're kind of going to have equal parts uh, feature, I mean, it's going to cover both of them equally. I like that, too. Yeah, so that's something that was kind of interesting, which is why they decided to call the show Cobra Kai, and, uh, and it was because... Have it show mm-hmm. two sides of the coin, and... Mm-hmm. I don't know who else is around, mm-hmm. but I would love. I know Carl Rove is still around. I would love to see Carl Rove come in and maybe be the antagonist. Maybe he's trying to twist Johnny into pushing up against Daniel. Carl Rove. I mean, seriously, who, who? Which one is that? Carl Rove played the. Uh, Rogue. Ro- am I saying his name wrong? I think that's right. Yeah. Rove. Rove. What is it? Any- anyway, whatever his name is, yeah. I don't know his name. Um, but get him. 
get I can't remember that guy's name, but to get the main bad guy oh, from the first movie. The 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 main uh, the master of Cobra Kai, the yeah. original master. That guy, yes, he's yeah. got. I think he's still around. What's I, his I, name? Um, I think you were close. You were, you were pretty close. It's Martin Rove or something Some, like that. Something like that. But the guy something with the right. the big fluffy hair guy. That, yeah, that yeah, came yeah. back for three to try to get revenge. Yeah, the, yes, the, the main guy. He's yeah. still alive. If they brought, I him would love in to see that. Yeah, and have him the one that's twisting Johnny around. Yeah, maybe, or maybe he's poisoning Daniel. Who knows? Maybe he's the villain, and pitting these two against each other. I there's there's a lot of potential here. Mm-hmm. The old girlfriends, bring, the ex girlfriends of Daniel Russo from the previous. Oh, you bring Elizabeth Shue back. Oh. You almost got hey. to. You almost got to, don't you? You almost no, got to make well, that hold phone. Hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. hold on. He had three different girlfriends in three different films. Yeah. No one beat Elizabeth Shue, but but uh, he does have a daughter in this one. They're saying, didn't they yeah. reveal that? An older, already grown up daughter. Already grown up daughter. Mm-hmm. So, who did he marry? Who please, did he marry? Please, 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 Elizabeth Shue. That he goes back to Elizabeth Shue. It's possible. It's possible that I, happens. I, I doubt they would do that. I think they're going to bring in a new actor, but Elizabeth Shue's not doing anything, and it would be fantastic because you know what? Netflix and Hulu are reviving careers of actors mm-hmm. who haven't been seen lately. Yeah. So I would love to see some more characters from that. Elizabeth Shue's, Shue is the most popular one, and then even some more old Cobra Kai buddies mm-hmm. if they're still around, if yeah. they can come in. And maybe they hang out with Johnny. You know, it's not focused on them, but it's focused on Johnny. But Johnny has friends. He could have kept up with those old Cobra Kai clan. Mm-hmm. But Daniel doesn't have anyone. Is Daniel is Daniel's mom still alive? Is Daniel is Daniel's Miss mom LaRusso. still alive? Mm-hmm. That would be nice mm-hmm. if, if she is. You know, where's he living? Is life good for him? You know, what's go- is he living in Mr. Miyagi's old house? Kind of creepy, but mm-hmm. is he? Um, does he still drive Mr. Miyagi's car? Which I really hope he does. Yeah. Does he live in the house? Does he? Did he inherit Mr. Miyagi's house? Like you said. Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. I bet he did. I, I hope. I hope he. If anything, I hope he keeps the car. I, and yeah. Uh, well, how old is his daughter? Is she grown woman or is she like late teens or early twenties? I think is what they said 20s. she's going to okay, be. Okay, good. Maybe she wrecks the car. Ooh. Oh, know? there's so many. Just like he wrote bonsai tree. I'm. T- let me write this. YouTube Never read. Bring on Matt Wilkins for some writing. He's already got some ideas. Yes. I want to write it. I think I think it'd be great. Um, you know, uh, oh, man, there's just so much they could do. Like my mind when when you showed me the article, my mind went in 17 different directions on mm-hmm. this. I was like, "Wow, okay, is there a rivalry? Do they want to re do they celebrate 30 years of the tournament and they bring out their champions and Daniel's on the platform and Johnny goes, "You know, I could have beat you if I'd have known, if I'd have seen that crane kick before. It's like okay, let's go. And this time, when the two masters fight, oh, I'm getting Johnny so excited. Beats, Johnny beats him. Oh, beats him and his and his daughter's hurt. Uh huh. Have the Karate Kid lose? This once. is I think that would, this is so exciting talking about this. I got what, another one for you. Oh, go okay. ahead. He's out on the the beach. The mm-hmm. now, you know. 50-year-old, however old he is now, 50-year-old or 50-something-year-old, Daniel Russo. He 50, by the way. No, he doesn't. He's walking, taking a stroll on the beach, and they're playing. It's an opening for one of the episodes in the in the 10-episode, and they're playing. The, 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 he's out on the beach, the beach that they used to have out. I think it was Venice Beach, maybe, that they would always show in the, in the first Karate Kid movie in L.A. or in, in greater part of Los Angeles. Yeah. So he's walking along the boardwalk there. The episode opens. Where and he's trying to strut and trying to keep up with the young kids there on the boardwalk, 
and uh, and he's maybe he's wearing sunglasses and trying to be cool, and they're playing cool, uh, cruel summer again. Cruel summer. Uh huh. But then all of a sudden something happens to remind him, and this happens to everybody at some point in their life is when they get older, they they have that that reminder to remind them of just how old they really are at some point in time, even though you might not always think you're that age, and then something happens to remind him just how old he still is or how old he is now that he's not the young kid anymore that used to hang out on the beach. And then that song, the cruel summer starts to slow, like, or like, or it sounds like a record being scratched. That would be funny. That there's, there's, there's moments for, uh, there's moments for, uh, uh, comedy in there. You know, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that anymore. His, like you said, he's not as, you know, he, he can't fight as well as he used to, or he can't do the things he used to. Um, maybe he teases his daughter like Miyagi teased him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dad, you told me to wash the car. You're teaching me karate, but I still haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, you gotta keep washing it uh, several times, to, you know, or something like that. Well, There's, that's who he learned to be. How, that's his his father. That was his, you know, his his uh, that influence. Was his father that was figure, his father yeah. figure. Yeah. Well, I really hope. I mean, I have so many delusions of grandeur about this TV show now, but. Um, Rocky Balboa has got to be one of the best Rocky movies out there. Yeah. It's it, it's starring an old, beat-down Sylvester Stallone, and I love how he's visiting his ghost. They go to the same scenes from the first movie, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of show you. It, it fades in and fades out real quick. Scenes from the very first movie. Yeah. Because his wife is dead. I would love if Daniel did that you know, drove around town to scenes where he and Miyagi used to hang out, and maybe he feels that loss. You know, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm making this more of a drama than a comedy now, but I think there's just so much potential. Mm-hmm. Oh, there with is. That. There is. I, you could really love this series. You know, and, either way, either way, my hopes are up. And you, know, Rocky, is a good example of something you talked about that jumped the shark at some point. This yes. debate, people debate it. They debate it. But then it rebounded. It was a movie series that made a made a good make it made a great film like the original Karate Kid, the original Rocky. Made a great sequel, Rocky Two, which was kind yeah. of a little bit of like Rocky One to a certain degree. It was the same, you know. It was it was Apollo Creed. He was still fighting Apollo Creed. It was a rematch, but it was a right. sequel they had to make. Um, but, but at that point to be in time, honest, that that actually makes sense because. In, in boxing, if you beat the champ, the champ is the first person to get a rematch. That's a good point. So it's very so realistic that that technically, happened. Technically, I can't fault them for that mm-hmm. because that's how the sport is. Mm-hmm. And then after that was over, they moved on Yeah, to three, Clubber Lane, fantastic villain. Another great sequel. Probably the best, arguably the best sequel of the original set of sequels. And then four, still very entertaining okay. film. Love Five it. Very is very eighties cliche. Very eighties cliche. I love it. Much like uh, Karate Kid Three. Very eighties cliche, but a great film. Then you get to five, and that's when people start to say maybe they were starting to jump the shark a little bit, and that basically killed the series for yeah. years, for years. And if it hadn't been for a thing called nostalgia and people having such a yearning for it, we may not have ever gotten what was unofficially Rocky Six. But it was called Rocky Balboa. They didn't call it Rocky Six. It was you were mentioning, which totally proved you can make great sequel, great sequel, great sequel, then really not so good sequel, and then come back and rebound and make a good sequel again. And honestly, that's my favorite movie out of the whole series now. Yeah, I 
I just thought Rocky Balboa was so smart and so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, he great, doesn't win. He, com- he he fights to a draw. Yeah. I mean, there's just stuff you didn't see coming. I loved it. I about it. And uh, then they made Creed, which was okay. Uh, it actually has one of Rocky's best speeches in it. Mm-hmm. I love Creed, um, too. Where he says, you kid, you're sitting over there in the future. You see me? All my friends have died. I belong back there in the past. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, Rocky. Don't say that, Rocky. Don't say you hurt my feelings, Rocky. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Now, Creed is not as good because I need Rocky. You want more <laughs> in Rocky. My Rocky movies? Yeah. He's what makes the series interesting. I know they're trying to do the pass the baton. Yeah. I can appreciate that because you have to. Mm-hmm. You can't have Rocky fight anymore. And it is a I continuation. It's a, st- a real continuation mm-hmm. of the character. If you want to see what's going on with Rocky Balboa after Rocky Balboa, yes. that is what you get a real universe and I'll continuation. It. I'll yeah. It. And now, but you know, this is exciting is that they are going to make Creed 2. They might not yes. call it Creed 2, but it's official. They, Stallone's pretty much made it official at this point that we're going to get the return of Ivan Drago from Rocky IV, Dolph Lundgren. Whoa. And, he's, <laughs> and so I haven't, I've put, I've kind of put the dot, connected the dots that Creed, Adonis Creed, will probably fight Drago's son, which connects to Rocky IV. When, and, he, when Creed's father died. By in the hands at the hands of Dolph of um, Ivan Drago in That's the exhibition good. fight, so now he it comes That's full good. circle. So that and then Stallone has even given the teaser saying, at some point, I probably will swing a punch at Drago in Creed Two. I want to see a fight. I want to see a fight so bad. Oh my goodness! So there'll probably be like some kind of like uh, they'll get into it at maybe a press conference or some setting between the fights that they were. I they, love it. That's going to be, so there you go. We're going to get more Rocky in a, in a Creed arc, but we're going to get more Rocky and we're going to get more Drago. So all of my eighties fantasies are coming back in reboot form. I'm, I'm so excited. Well, Matt Wilkins, we're, when we come back from this short break, which is kind of a fake break because we really don't do anything except just come right back. But I like to say it. We we'll put we'll put something in. I usually put a filler in, and then we come back. It right. is it is an opportunity if you need to step out for a second and clear your throat or go to the bathroom. Uh, in Reed's case, it's always a, a three hour bathroom break. Feed the Reed, and then he returns, and then we proceed <laughs> at somewhere around one morning in the in continuing the recording of the episode. But. And either way, a fake break, then we'll come back and we're going to play a game. You've never gotten to play this. We call it Agree or Disagree. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back. Thunderpop, an association with these nuts productions. Got them. You know, it's like this at our house. You don't get to see us at our house, but we have like way too many devices. 
So I'm, I've got you on one laptop while I have a different laptop on my knee here, on my lap, nice. where I've got all my notes. And then sometimes you'll see my wife downstairs and at, the, at the dining room table. She'll have her Kindle out, where the book that she's reading. She'll have her laptop out, where she, you know, her big laptop, like the PC laptop that has all her work on it, that she's doing mm-hmm. her work. And then she has her Chromebook, because later that's what she's going to watch her, her Netflix on. Because it's it's lightweight and you can kind of take it and carry it around the house, and then there's probably still a, a smartphone and then something else on the table, like five different gadgets. Do we really need that? We don't, but we have that too. My wife is on her work computer right now. Yeah, she has her iPad ready for Netflix. Yeah, I have my Kindle for my ebook. I have two laptops. Mm-hmm. One is the one I'm on right now, and the other one I keep. Because I'm going back to playing an old uh, computer game that is only compatible with the old Windows 7, mm-hmm. which is on that old laptop. And that's the only thing that laptop can do is play my old game. And so I've been playing that game while watching YouTube on the other laptop. Why do I need that? Exactly. This has made no sense. No sense at all. All right. Well, anyway, it is time for Agree or Disagree for those booties. Okay, so I got one for you here, starting number one. You would... Okay, this is a Dukes of Hazard question for you, Matt Wilkins. Oh. Okay. Ready. So, after all this discussion on this particular episode about continuing universes, and even ones that were remade and jacked up, and like Karate Kid, and now they're going to redeem, and redemption is a great word for any Karate Kid movie, but redemption, they're going to actually now pick back up on the original universe... So something else we mentioned, Dukes of Hazard. Would you, in fact, or you would, in fact, agree or disagree, you would, in fact, be on board for a sequel series based on the original Dukes of Hazard with Tom Pope, Tom Wopat and John Snyder returning to reprise their roles as Bo and Luke Duke. Okay, where Bo and Luke are now in the Uncle Jesse mentor role with two younger kids running the show. Because any Dukes is better than no Dukes. Do you agree or disagree? Would you like to see this sequel series? Agree wholeheartedly. I would love to see them back. They did great in those character roles. Uh, I Dukes of Hazard is not technically playing on the air right now, but I hope someone picks it up and puts the flag on it and shows people that th- what the show is really about and not about politics. Mm-hmm. So agree wholeheartedly. All right, so that's something you'd be on board with. Did you think this is kind of a offshoot of that question? If Karate Kid's a hit, do you think that's a possibility? Or do you think that at this point, now I've heard John Snyder said he doesn't think they could do it now at this point because of the loss of the, you know, some of the original cast members that have passed on. But at one point, maybe uh, Ralph Macchio might have answered that the same way in terms of uh, Pat Morita not being around. Do you think that maybe that this actually could happen if Karate Kid's a hit? Okay, if if it is if they are presented with a good idea mm-hmm. that respects the TV show, yeah, they would do it. You have to give it like like Ralph Macchio had to be presented with a good idea. Mm-hmm. He'd been pitched a billion times, but it was that one pitch. He said, "Ah, now this is worth it. Mm-hmm. This I like." If it's pitched correctly, yes. Now other other shows they could bring back from this. I don't know. That's a great question i mean i have a few ideas but mm-hmm. i don't know who they would get back i don't think i mean uh 
what's his name? Uh, Magnum PI, Tom Selleck. Yeah. You know, he's keeping really busy. Yeah. He's staying <laughs> working. I would, I would love to see more Magnum PI. Well, I pitched that one time on the show. My idea for a Magnum PI, Magnum Family PI was the name of the show. And it was going to be Tom Selleck in the mentor role now as kind of like the Higgins. And it would be yeah. two of his kids that are the PIs. Oh, and, awesome. and so about a few months later, it was announced that Eva Longoria was developing a show for ABC that would be a Miami Vice, or, I'm sorry, a Magnum PI sequel series where it was going to be Magnum's daughter now in the key role as, but it never made it. I don't think they ever, because then, okay. then after about a year, there was never anything that surfaced. I think they probably developed a concept and it never got picked up by ABC. I think Tom Selleck has to be involved. Yeah, I agree. I think he has to be involved in that. And right now he's busy. He's busy working. Yeah. And that may be Man's a big part of right? that may be a big part where it tied it up and, and they couldn't get it through. But but he's the heart of the show, so I think yeah. you have to have him, not just as a cameo, but mm. you need to have him as a side character mm. at least. Yeah, and he's got another series on right now that he's been on for a while, uh, the the police show that he does with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Or I'm sorry, is Don, everyone still Donnie, live Donnie on Donnie the Wahlberg. A-team? Uh, I think only uh, the, um, the the uh, the 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 older guy that played on the show has passed away now. Oh. Okay. That wouldn't be too bad. Mm-hmm. Well, they did the A-Team movie, but it was a remake. It yeah. bombed badly. Again, what would have been better than that? An A-Team continuing universe where we could have seen maybe them rebooting A-Team. I never watched it. I never really liked it that much. But my wife loved it, and I think it would be a hit. Alf. Oh, you know, I was just reading about Alf the other day. Yeah, like a, a, re- like a, re- a sequel series for Alf? Whatever happened I- to Alf? I think they should do one. Yeah, I think I, that'd be perfect on Netflix. I think that could work. I mean, they're we're bringing gonna, back stupid Full House. They should do Alf. I think you're. I think Alf is ripe and ready for for a reboot. Well, one I want that will never be done. I guess because Scott Bakula is not interested. Quantum Leap. Yeah, I was. That's an early '90s, I think, late '80s, early '90s. Great but, show, one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Brilliant, uh, early '90s, late '80s show. Do you, is this Scott Bakula? You think that would hold that up from happening? I don't think Scott Bakula would do it. I, I, I know they wanted to do a movie in the mid '90s to late '90s. They, they tried to get a movie deal, yeah. but they couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. But you talk about season finales. That's a great season finale. Yeah, great season finale, and I was hoping to get more. And I actually even wrote out as a kid, I wrote out like storylines of what was happening mm-hmm. to him further. But oh, such a such a good series that I would love to see that come. So back. you wrote and a again, you wrote a pitch for continuing I, it. Well, as a kid, I wrote out ideas of because what was I fourteen? Did you send it to Scott Bakula? No, oh, okay. I I could remember. I just remember that his his leaps. For anyone who doesn't know, Scott Bakula in Quantum Leap was a doctor who in the very first episode, he's in the future. We mm-hmm. don't know when, but he, he zaps himself and he, his quantum, whatever he goes back in time, but he's not himself. One else. He inhabits someone else's body and he looks and talks like that person. Everyone can see that person, but he sounds like himself. But when he looks into the mirror, yeah. he sees who he's really supposed to portray. It's a brilliant show. And, at the very end, something crazy happens on his final jump, and you don't know where he's jumping next. But I would say that he's uh, the quantum leaps start hurting him, and it's phasing out his body, and he's in yeah. trouble of losing himself. 
And so now it's it's not a when am I getting back you know home? When am I making my final leap back home? It's I need to figure this out quick. Yeah. And so it added a little bit more tension. It added some to tension it. to it. Yeah. Well, the thing that Scott Bakula has in common with Tom Selleck is that he has not really been hurting for work over the last several years. He's continued. No, he he's continued to stay busy. He did Enterprise, uh, the fantastic the Star, show, Star Trek, one of the best Star Trek series, but also yes. one of the most underrated and underappreciated yes, for, for a few reasons. And that's a whole other episode of this podcast that we could we could dive into yeah. Enterprise. Yeah. But but a wonderful show. He did that role, and then he now he's been on more more recently. He's been on one of the CSI uh, New I think CSI New Orleans series, which I believe I'm pretty sure is still running. Um, has been on for a while. So he's a guy that's not hurting for work, much like Tom Selleck. And this is interesting here, another offshoot question. Is that really dictate which of these re, like sequel series that we will get and won't get is who needs the work and who doesn't need the work? Because yeah. when you think about it, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, we love them. They're great. They've been doing the Comic-Con shows, but they hadn't necessarily been Tom Selleck and Scott Bakula kind of busy over the last 10, 20 years. They've yeah. they've done we know uh, Ralph Macchio has been in a few a few movies he did do the uh, uh, My Cousin Vinny film several years ago he had that yeah, role that in that was movie his only other popular film popular film and of course well he did have another eighties movie was it The Outsiders that he was in before? oh you're right he yeah. was on The Outsider that was before Karate Kid that was pre Karate Kid but anyway yeah, but at was. any rate after My Cousin Vinny not particularly busy he did do a few like. Uh, self-funded independent projects that I know he's been involved in. He, that were... he guest starred on TV shows. Yeah. Um, so he did a little bit, but you know, for someone like Tom Selleck who has, who stars in his own show, he's got a, t- or Scott a hit Bacula, show, a hit show on TV yeah, currently. Stars. Yeah. On TV currently, those guys are unavailable. So you're going to have to find someone. You, you can go back to the nineties too. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, man, Adrian Paul, the Highlander hasn't aged a day. It's mm-hmm. insane. When I when I got to meet him, I was like, "You look the same." Um, and they cast him as middle aged, and I mean, he just kept his he just kept his looks. I mean, I would even kind of like to see some more Highlander. I mean, it's I'm just ridiculous like that because that's impossible because those people aren't supposed to age and they've all <laughs> aged since then. But I, I would love to see the baton get passed to the Highlander maybe again, yeah, or something like that. Bring Highlander back to TV, but. I, I don't know, but there's something out there that fans and like Full House was so random for me. Yeah. But and I wasn't a Full House fan, so I didn't watch it. My wife watched it. Mm-hmm. But something like that, make it make it something like Miami Vice is a good pick because it's a drama. Karate Kid, you take take famous movies and bring them to TV, bring them to the small screen. That's what they did with Ash versus uh, the Army of Darkness mm-hmm. or Evil Dead. I mean, Ash versus the Evil Dead. I've got one for you, and he's actually working on a prequel right now that's an in, is being done independent. It's a fan film. A Back to the Future fan film is being filmed right now that's a prequel to the original Back to the Future with Christopher Lloyd reprising his role as Doc. But the movie, the premise is, is, is going to show you how he got a hold of the, the plutonium that ran the the we're talking about the, the DeLorean yes it's going to show you how he infiltrated a terrorist group to steal it and that's going to be that's going to be a prequel series but with his character you know now Michael J Fox obviously now uh, bless his heart is uh, had been going through uh, his Parkinson's for the last yeah. uh, several years he did do a series since that's and he has worked he's done a little he's had a series he's been on another series. Uh, he's worked a little bit, but I think it would be kind of hard to work around that 
in in him yeah. being in a Back to the Future sequel right now, uh, anything more than just a cameo. But Christopher Lloyd, if you wanted to do a sequel series with him trying to reboot the DeLorean time machine years later, and his character coming back years later with with maybe another young kid as his uh, as his protege protege this time, yeah. There's a there's a lot of good ideas that you can take, and I, I hope I do hope that they start pulling and looking at other options that mm-hmm. they have because there is, I mean, I, I, my mind is racing right now through every film, and I'm going, oh, I like to do that, I like to see that, I like to see that, mm-hmm. and I, there's just a lot out there that I think would make a decent film. I've always thought they they can't be a TV show, but God bless us if we could have a Last Starfighter sequel. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and bring that kid back. I, that's kind of a random. It's not as popular in the '80s as the other ones we've mentioned. But Last Starfighter, folks, you haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Another great '80s movie. Yeah, yeah, it is a great one. I remember that one. Okay, number two. Okay, this is right up your alley with Star Wars board games. Two of your okay. favorite things merged together. So I looked at a list uh, over on a website called Board Game Beaver, and they did. Have you seen this? It's a breakdown of their rankings of the top 10 greatest Star Wars board games of all time. No, I have not. Go yeah. ahead and lay it on So me. they rated number one and number two in this order. Okay. Num- number two, Star Wars Imperial Assault. And number one, Star Wars Rebellion. Do you agree? That's the newest one. Do you agree or disagree with their uh, rankings of two and one? Um, uh, Star Wars, for people who know board games, uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault is basically Descent the game which is a fantasy game it's kind of a cross between role play and board games imperial assault is like that but for star wars i've never played it um i i it, i have descent and i don't need a star wars themed descent game but uh i hear it's awesome i hear rebellions even better but rebellion seems to be a cult of the new thing because that's the latest one that came out just came out last year mm-hmm. Um, I will give you my two favorite okay. Star Wars board games, I'm ready. which are probably not on that list. Well, I, I wonder if they are. Do you see the top ten list? I've got the top ten. I can tell you that actually they're rounding out the list. Uh, let's see here. They had number ten, uh, the Star Wars Clue game, which I would love to own because I love That's the game. That's a newer one. That looks interesting. I love it. It's based off the uh, A New Hope, off the original Star Wars. Um, right, it takes place on a Death Star, too. Wow. The board. That could be fun. I'm, I'm a big fan of Clue in general, so that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, also, Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, which this box I'm looking at has got uh, some of the new movies and some of the old movies on the cover. Okay. Uh, so that's covered. That would be really interesting and good to play. Uh, Star Wars Empire vs. Rebellion is number eight. Uh, then they had uh, Risk, the Star Wars Risk game at number seven. Everyone likes the Risk game. Yeah, and then they go on to uh, Star Wars. Uh, number six was... Uh, RPGS, the uh, ro- uh, role-playing game. Yeah, the, yeah, role-playing game. Yeah, and then uh, number five, Star Wars, the card game. Yeah. Uh, and then number four, Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures game. Right, a lot of people like that one. Number three, Star Wars Armada. That's another miniatures game. Okay. And then we're back to those two at the top. <laughs> All right, so they didn't have my two. Let me tell you what the uh-huh. best ones are. Okay. We're ready. People like Star, Star Wars Risk. People like Star Wars Risk because it doesn't play like Risk. In fact, that was a terrible name for the game because it doesn't play anything like Risk. It's a fantastic game, but it's a shadow. It's a cheap copy of a fantastic... My favorite... Well, yeah, I'm going to go to number one, then do number two, I guess. 
But number one is called Star Wars The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. It's based off of episode one. Yeah. It is three separate boards. We played this actually at my gaming group last week. And it's two player, and you play as the Naboo or the Federation, and you're playing out the last 15 minutes of the film. Meaning you're you're fighting. It's got tons of miniatures. You're fighting the Gungans versus the droids on the battlefield here. And the middle board, there's the there's the Naboo Tower where you're the Naboo guards trying to shoot through all the droids and try to get to the top to the control room to shut down the droids. And then on the third board, it's split into two. One side is Anakin's Naboo Starfighter trying to shoot through all the the Starfighters to get to the home base to blow it up. And then on the other side is the fight between Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. And you're playing cards. You can only play four cards, and there's three different boards you can play them on. So you got to do an even balance of how you fight. You're fighting. It's like it's almost playing chess on three different boards. Wow. That sounds but complex. It is complex, and it's but it's but it's but it's easy to learn after you get through the first two rounds. You got it. It's a fantastic game. Avalon uh, Hill made it. They were classic great designers. It is worth four hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars online right now. You own it's way it way too much. You have it. I own. I got me a copy. I love it. It's my favorite Star Wars game. The did you make sure to game, Did you make sure to buy a copy before you talked about it on your on your show? Yes, I did buy a copy. <laughs> Actually, a, a buddy of mine had it uh, while I was visiting Phoenix last year. He had it in his closet, and I'd never played it before. I'd heard great things, but I was like, that game is not worth a hundred bucks or mm. two hundred bucks, whatever it was. And it was two. It was two fifty at the time because I picked up a copy the moment I played. It. I was like, oh my gosh! I told my wife. I said, honey, I'm sorry. I got to spend two fifty on a game. She's like, what game is it? It's a Star Wars game. I really want it because it's just it's fantastic. And all my gaming group loves playing it. In fact, mm-hmm. from now on, we split our tables where I'm playing Queen's Gambit. And then I'm going to be at another table showing them new games. I mean, it's just such a popular game with my group. Another great game. The second best game is actually came out during episode two. It was called Star Wars Epic Duels. And in Epic Duels, it's just a fighting game. And you are, they have colored pre-painted miniatures of everyone from the original trilogy Whoa. to the two prequel movies. That okay, sounds two fun. Prequel movies. That's and fun. And so you are fighting all of them together. So if you want to see what Anakin Skywalker would be facing off against Darth Vader or the Emperor versus young Anakin Skywalker, you know, you mix and match what you want. Do you want Queen Amidala and Princess Leia fighting side by side? Against Boba and Jango Fett. Oh, I mean, wow. it's and it's and each and each character has their own deck, mm-hmm. and you shuffle through them, and you have to play cards, whether to move, defend, heal up, or fight. And, and what would is, what would a copy of that set me back right now if I wanted to dial that up? That one's not so bad. You can get that one for under a hundred bucks, I oh. think, eighty-eight bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad, mm-hmm. but and and people may hesitate when they see it because it's from Milton Bradley, and you're thinking, ooh, do they make a good enough game for that? Right. It's worth your time, folks. It's a really great game. It plays super quick. You can play up to four different players because you can have you know good versus bad, and it it's so much fun. It sounds Those like are fun. My two favorite games. Wow, that sounds great. I think Great that, question, though. That might be in my... No, uh, no. So do I agree with that list? Yeah. Obviously, I don't. I disagree. Obviously not. No, we disagree. <laughs> were there any in there that jumped out at you that you were like, yeah, I agree. That's still worthy of a top well, 10 mention. I'm sure Imperial Assault is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I already have a game that they based it off of. And I mean, they changed some of the rules, but it's basically the same type of game. So I don't need to get it. Number three. But I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure it's, and then I have a buddy of mine who loves, he swears up and down that Armada is the best game ever. 
but I'm not much into miniatures. Yeah. Wow. Well, they both sound really good. I think that second one might be more in my uh, price uh, range. Yeah, price range there, yeah. Especially with the new baby at the house, but uh, (laughs) it sounds like fun. Number three, getting back to some Dukes of Hazzard talk, Tom Wopat, who played Luke Duke, the original Dukes of Hazzard. Now, Tom Wopat, I got a little, before I even get to this agree or disagree, what sitcom did he have a recurring role in in the 1990s? He played uh, an ex- Lover of the main character. Oh, wow. I do not know this one. Do you remember Sybil Shepard from Moonlighting? Sybil Shepard. Sybil Shepard had a sitcom called Sybil, where she played kind of a sort of a, a character similar to her real life persona. And Tom Wopat played her ex husband. And he had it was he was hilarious and great on that show. I did not know that. So his character was supposed to be a stuntman in the, on the show, which was perfect for him for his character. Yes, but he is—he was great on that show as a, on a sitcom and comedy. He was fantastic. So, oh, and speaking of that, speaking of Dukes of Hazard people mm-hmm. going on to doing other projects later, like in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. have you saw Forrest Gump yet? We talked about this last time. Oh, you know, I finally saw it. So you saw you saw uh, the actor that plays Enos. And his name is, is slipping my mind at the moment. but Yes, the, he was the football coach. Wasn't he great? You would not yes. have even recognized him if I had not told you, would you? Yes. No, I, you know what? I forgot that you had told me that. Ah, mm-hmm. And we watched him and, hey, it's Enos. You know, I mean, yes. um, but he did a really fine job. Yeah, it was a small part. He's in, he's in, uh, well, three or four scenes, but there were pretty significant scenes in the movie. Yeah. They were very, pretty memorable. But I that was out of the blue for me. Like, I don't know how many years after the last Dukes of Hazard uh, show had aired, I was in the theater seeing this movie, and I was like, who is that? Why does that guy look so familiar? And I was like, good God, that's Enos. So Tom Wopat, yeah, on the scene. Uh, so if you ever get a chance to go back, it's worth Sybil, watching I'll Sybil to find him. And, and I don't know how many episodes he's in. I know he's in at least a handful of them. Uh, you know, he comes on. And there was, a, I think, a point where they put him on more because he was so good on the show and his chemistry cool. with Sybil Shepherd was so good playing her ex-husband that I think they started using him more later in later shows. But he was great. Yeah. So my question for you is, you remember, though, he's a very talented guy. So on the show, he showed his range quite a bit where he used to do all the impressions. Remember, he could mm-hmm. he could imitate like other characters when he would do those uh, phone calls to try to trick and throw Boss Hog and the sheriff and the deputy kind of right. off the trail a little bit. They would, or he, they were scheming somehow to try to throw him off the trail. He would do these voices and he could imitate like all these other characters on the show. Do you remember this? Yes. So, do you remember also Tom Wopat later did a talk show on 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 CMT? Wow! No, he had a talk show late night, wow. a late night talk show on CMT in the nineties. Tonight, we've got a very special guest, someone who's been like, well, family to me <laughs> for years and years and years and years. My old buddy from the Dukes of Hazard, Mr. John Schneider. I don't think it aired for very many years. Probably it was a couple of years that it was on, but it was a... Kind of a kind of a late night talk show variety show, similar to a Tonight Show, but done in a CMT kind of fashion, where yeah. most of the guests were country music singers or people in the country music world, and Tom Wopat was the host. 
and he was great wow. on there. Of course, he had John Snyder on. They did a show with him reuniting with John Snyder. Had some of the other cast members from the Dukes of Of course, Hazard. you have yeah. to do that. So my question for you, though, Tom Wopat, even with those other things he did, he also did Annie, uh, Annie uh, Get Your Gun or Annie Got Your Gun. He did a musical. The Annie music. Get Your Gun. He did Annie Get yeah. Your Gun, the musical, years later. I remember seeing him in one of the Macy Day he's, things. He's got a great voice. Great voice. So here's my in question. Fact, in fact, he should have had uh, – he was originally supposed to have a singing career. But he 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 opted out for the TV career. Now that I and didn't know. Voice, say yeah. what? Now that is something yeah. I didn't know. His voice teacher was very disappointed in him. Wow! But now he he does he and John Schneider team up and they do little concerts around the South. They were in. I've Biloxi. seen that. Yeah. Have you gone mm-hmm. to see him? Have you mm-hmm. gone to see a show? Uh, we haven't gone to see them because the time they did was in December, close mm-hmm. to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my question. Now that I've pr- completely tried to sell you and convince you <laughs> on agreeing with this question, agree okay. or disagree, is Tom Wopat one of the most underused talents in Hollywood over the last 45 years? Or would you say he's even more underutilized than Mark Hamill? Agree or disagree? Oh, he's definitely underutilized over Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill has a second career as the Joker, voice of the Joker. So, uh, Also, yeah, trickster, Tom- trickster on The Flash. Trickster on the Flash too. So Mark Hamill keeps pretty busy, but no, Tom Wopat, you know, he got passed over a little bit. John Schneider still has work. He's still working on the Have and Have Nots. Yeah, and it's and Smallville. And, he did Smallville for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Schneider. So he's he's gotten work, but yeah. Tom Wopat can still get some work. And I know he's doing. But of course, Tom Wopat. I think he's happy. He seems content. Yeah, they both uh, have always seemed happy. Concerts doing concerts, doing TV, mm-hmm. doing uh, CDs, music mm-hmm. CDs, and stuff like that. I- I'll be honest, I've been to several comic cons, and the actors that I wish, just, they just seem like good guys, and I wish they would get new roles. Um, one of the ones I like is Spike from Buffy. Yeah, James Marsters doesn't get anything anymore. He's such an incredibly nice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he doesn't get anything, because um, he just seems to be awesome. And then I wasn't a fan of them, but they're super nice. The Power Rangers, yeah, the original Lifetime movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she keeps busy. Yeah. But of the of all the originals, besides her, none of them are doing anything, and most of them are super nice. Yeah. Uh, my wife just got all their autographs on a poster, um, and so I, that those are people I'd love to see get work too, because I think they're underutilized. Yes, Tom Wopat is underutilized, but he doesn't care. I think he's fine being out of the limelight. Well, and I had a perfect role for him. It would have been either for him or the. And if I can, you remind me if you know the actor's name that played Enos. Is it War, Sorrel? Sorrel. Uh, who that played Enos? Yeah, the character, the actor that played Sonny Schroeder. Sonny Schroeder. Played, yes. Yeah. So Sonny Schroeder, Tom Wopat. I think either one of them would have been an option to play this role. There's a show on Netflix. Been on for a couple of seasons. It's starring Ashton Kutcher. Okay. And he actually produces it with his old one of his old co-stars from that '70s show. It's called The Ranch, and it's about uh, some family that I, live on a ranch, and I think they're set in Colorado on the show. I, I've seen it on my Netflix. Yes, yeah. I haven't so, watched an episode yet, but yes, I, I'm familiar. I dialed up uh, maybe with the first or and the second show. I haven't gotten any further past that, uh, just because there's so much to watch. So right. I, I watched it. Now the cast. I like the I like Danny Masterson, uh, and I liked Ashton Kutcher playing Colt. Uh, the one actor who I love, I've loved him in many things I've seen him in the past, 
But I didn't love him in this, and I didn't love him in the character he was playing. Now, granted, this is only based on me watching the first couple of episodes, and now I think they're already like into two seasons. But I didn't love Sam Elliott as the dad, whose character's name is Bo. I didn't love Sam Elliott in that character. I thought he played it too dark. I thought he played it too, too mean. He didn't have, didn't show enough of a, a balance, uh, being kind of a balance of being a harsh and being a loving father. I think he was just only harsh. But I think Tom Wopat would have been a home run playing their dad on that show. And I think that uh, Sonny Sh- okay. uh, Sh- Sonny Schroeder, after seeing him in other uh, roles like in uh, in um, Forrest Gump, I think he would have been great in that role. I would have brought them both in to read for it, and I would have given it to one of them because what the show was going for, you know, they had Deborah Winger also playing the mom, so they had an urban cowboy reunion there with Sam Elliott and uh, Deborah Winger playing the parents. But I think mm. so. What they were going for with the casting of the parents, they were going for some nostalgia there. Okay, obviously, to try to 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 track the the eighties kids into watching the show. But I'll tell you what, if you were already going for nostalgia, you might as well go the route of a Tom Wopat. The Dukes of Hazard yeah. connection, and I think they would have gotten all the the uh, the hillbillies and rednecks would have just swarmed to this show. I agree over I agree. over Sam Elliott. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. They they probably and I like Sam Elliott in a lot of stuff, um, but Tom Wopat. Well, you look at um, Smallville. If you remember Smallville, a show I didn't really like that much. I watched because my roommate watched, but I have yeah. to admit that John Snyder played a very good character mm-hmm. and he had been out of Hollywood and movies for a while. Been a little while, well, yeah. It was it was kind of his reintroduction to TV and everything. Yeah, he'd done some t- he'd done some movies, like some TV movies. He, he had a small part some small in some mini series. Mm-hmm. But that kind of got him back on the radar yeah. in the TV circuit and he did a fantastic job. He yeah. did a fantastic job. Yeah, he was great in that. Did you now, see the one where Tom Wopat comes on guest stars? Uh, yes, uh, it's one of the best episodes they had. Yeah, and they go for a spin in a car that is like the General Lee, but it was painted blue. Uh, yes, and, and and the car was welded shut, uh, so they had to just exactly they did they they play through the window mm-hmm. thing. It it was it was a very smart uh, idea for a um, an episode. And I I love seeing it. I love seeing. It. I love when they do stuff like that. The little wink to the audience, you know. Mm-hmm. That that to me is always fun. One more thing on this. So we were talking about you know some of these actors that we'd love to see get some shots that maybe have not been given a shot in a while and some roles. Yes. One thing uh, Larry King said a while back when he was leaving CNN, he's leaving his show on CNN. He'd been in for a number of years. He said, "You really don't go away completely ever anymore like you used to." Because of the internet, you don't have to go away anymore completely like it's you true. used to. Like when you used to, your show ended, you might be done completely, or you might be just done for a while until you get another hit. But because of the internet, social media, some of these actors get Twitter accounts and then they become mm-hmm. big on social media. And then yep. because of all the other platforms now, like the YouTube Reds and the, and the streaming services, there's so much more opportunity out there to land something. And then, mm-hmm. like we were talking about, because there is a hunger for nostalgia out there, there is opportunity. So, you know, hey, there's still a shot for a lot of these people. And we, we're seeing now with what's happening with William Zadka and, and Ralph Macchio, who are both going to be co-producing that show, by the way, uh, together, that there's yeah. there's still a, a shot for many of them to, to get that second uh, curtain call. 
So to close out the show, Matt Wilkins, Master Jedi Matt Wilkins, is going to make fun of Reed Charles for the next three minutes. Feed the Reed. No, no, seriously. <laughs> so we said, when I, when I asked, I said, I told Matt, hey, would you come and do the show with me today? We're going to have to do these Skype ins because we just had the baby and we're not, I'm just, it's just, we're not ready to start having people in, uh, in the evening yet. We're, we're getting there, but we're not quite there yet. So I'm going to Skype. I'm going to start recording again though. So I'm just going to Skype in guest host, co-host with me for a few weeks. And so I'm like, would you come in and do it? And he said, yeah, we can make fun of Reed. He won't be in there in the studio for us to know about it. But, but yeah. so that's why I say that. That's why I say it. Yeah, we, and, we tease and, him. We and, tease and to him. To be honest, it was a good pick not having Reed into your house because he'd probably do his impersonation of the Goblin King and take your kid yeah, to the labyrinth. Oh, you're and right. You have to go get him. I'm, I'm full of full of '80s references today. So that's what yeah, we're doing sorry, today. Reed, for that. That's what we're doing. But to close out the show, our thoughts and advice is courtesy of the one and only Matt Wilkins. Thank you. Folks, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. That quote is from the brilliant movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Live life. Enjoy every moment about it. Don't stress. Have fun. Because if you stress too much, you might miss it. Oh, there man. it is. Words of wisdom. Nailed it. Perfect. Totally nailed it. And, and now I will be permanently replacing Reed on the show. That's the other announcement we want yeah, to make. There's a, sorry, Reed. <laughs> no more Feed the Reed. Feed the Reed. No more Feed the Reed segments. Sorry, Reed. We tease. Oh, well, we tease. Now that you say Feed the Reed, that's just too good. You got, you got to keep him in. Just for that reason. That's right. You got to keep my first name. Yeah. Your name saved you, Reed. Feed the Reed. Matt Wilkins, I can't thank you enough. And that advice is great. I can use that now because, you know, the first weeks of having a, ba- having a baby, bringing a baby to the home can be magical, but also can be kind of stressful. Well, let's admit it. It, it can be really stressful. I mean, the, the sleep patterns of a baby where there's no method to the mayhem. And um, we're used to dialing it down around here. We're, we're like old people. We were used to dialing it down around... You know, ten o'clock, nine thirty. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little too. television watching, but or reading. Right. But it was pretty much dial around. But now it's like, it's like it all just gets started about that time. Twenty four seven, you're on call. Yeah, I mean, it is literally it's it's fiesta all night, siesta all day around here right now. <laughs> so, I, so the things that we were answered that we answered in this episode was: Would baby cries get through the walls of the studio? And I don't think they did. I think we actually made it. Now the dog barks, the dog barks we've we've proven in the past do get through the walls. So, so when you ask what's mightier, the dog bark or the baby cry, the dog bark might still dog win because it used to get dog barks in here all the time. The uh, the other question was answered is whether I'd be able to stay awake through an episode because of the sleep deprivation. Deprivation. Mm-hmm. But I, I made it. Maybe it's the meditation that's been helping me because I, I I'm able to completely like rest. Mindfully. Yeah, my, my boring dialogue wasn't helping. I'm telling you that. <laughs> you, you, you were great. You were great, and we're glad to have you. And and for everyone, have a great minute, day, hour, and what is it? How's it go? Uh, it's um, wax on, wax, wax off. off, wax on, wax off. And we'll be back in the next episode to talk Miami Vice reboot. 
with our Miami Vice panel of experts. Everyone have a great one. Peace. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. We're out of here. Yeah. And Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production.